Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. I am your co-host Neve, uh, and I'm joined as always by your other co-host Connor. Hello. And today uh, we are going to be covering chapters 33 through 36 of Nana, uh, all published in Volume 10. Don't act like you're not I, correcting your typos in the yeah. notes document right now. Well, I'm not typos. <laughs> I just literally did not update it to the to the new. Uh, I've been info. like, well, uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but there are also typos, including one very funny one that I've been trying to suppress laughter at for the last several minutes. So, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> shortly. Uh, is it in the synopses? It's somewhere on this document and okay. we're going to find it. Okay. So yeah, what are we ta- what are we discussing? Thirty three through thirty six, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, I, I derailed you there. Uh, I think before before we do any synopses, or uh, you may have uh, preliminary thoughts. I wanted to do a uh, very very short. Introduction orientation to get us into volume 10. Okay. Uh, by returning to the end of volume nine, uh, where we left off last time, where Naoki presents a dilemma for the readers. Uh, around his backstory, he creates this mystery and uh, gives it to the reader to decipher what's, what's true and what's false. Um. And he says, if people lie, so it's hard to tell what's real. Uh, if I could experience one real love, that'd be enough. Uh, but even if you can't tell if the love is false, if you believe in it enough, can it be love? What do you think? Uh, so this dilemma about true and false and belief uh, and everything tied into that leads us nicely into volume 10, where the questions of truth and falsity begin to uh begin to have teeth i would say yeah so i was appreciating the segue that uh ayazawa gives us here kind of setting up chapter 10 at the end of uh volume 9 with this um now monologue and there yeah. it was you found the typo <laughs> uh, now the, now the listeners will never know Mm-hmm. No, they will not. All right. Uh, did you have preliminary thoughts? <laughs> um, not not particularly. Um, I do feel like we we are entering this part where the story is kind of shifting to like a a new status. Um, there's a a new status quo of like Hachi with Takmi, um, Nana sort of off on her own. Um, them being apart and, basically is yeah. the core. And yeah, and we've left like you know six months that they live together at room seven oh seven. Um, and so you know, there's also a lot of the way that like, especially when they were living together, I think we were talking a lot and trying to like do a lot of the work of um showing how like both of them love each other this is not like you know just the the um 
Yuri baiting that some people might make it out to be. But also, a lot of people who who have, like, a reaction against the manga have the, like, oh, there's all this stuff where it seems like they're in love. And then the rest of the manga happens. Um, and then it's this big letdown because it's like, oh, just, you know, you don't, Hachi's with Takamiya now and everything. Yeah. And they, they don't ultimately consummate. Continue. Yeah. Um, you had to, you just had to make that change back, huh? <laughs> White idea. <laughs> um, you you put my ty- typo back in. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, no, I didn't. Um, but so there'll be, I think, still be these moments where we want to pull out like the ways that this is still a a running. I see you changing it actively right now. <laughs> I'm not. I see your little cursor. I'm literally not uh, doing anything. <laughs> I'm just sitting here listening <laughs> to, to what you're saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, you just gotta uh, put so some more extra extra letters in there to yeah for for backup. <laughs> yeah, um, but so there's there's this like I think there'll still be stuff where we'll talk about the ways that um you know this is like become more complicated um but also the ways that uh there's still stuff being set up here specifically uh, uh, that like is continuing to lead towards that reading and some of that reading also comes from like what the ending is and what's happening during the ending so that's also why we'll continue to talk about like you know what happens in the future the or the present depending on what perspective we're looking at you know yeah is the bulk of what we're seeing the present and then we jump forward to the future or is this the past? The voiceover suggests is like a past they're talking about, but whatever. Everything's kind of out of time. Mm-hmm. Just like this podcast. Um, so yeah. Um, that I think that'll still be like a, a thing that we'll talk about, but then the, the bigger thing here um, that's I think going to come up is like talking about the way that um, I think Hachi has like these insecurities that she has around things, um, like relationships and, uh, herself and her identity and how that stuff is sort of like feeding into the current path that she's on. And then also the things that will like continue to challenge that and get us to what that, that future state is. Yeah. Um, and same with Nana. I mean, yeah. And the then Nana in particular. Yeah, the same can be said uh, of Nana, and in particular, this thing that is, like, developed, or that has been uh, brought to the forefront. It, it was kind of there under the surface, even from Volume 1, but, like, specifically this idea of, like, Nana as this character who has this uh, neglect trauma, who has this, like, attachment wound from, um, you know, never knowing your father because he was sort of uh, just some random guy, seemingly, um, who came and went. Um, no, no pun intended there, but I guess pun intended. It's too late. Um, yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously her, her mom leaving her when she was young, um, the care of her grandmother, her grandmother dying even. Um, and it seems like the home life there was not necessarily the best. Um, and then of course, like Ren being the like most recent, like here's this relationship that was supposed to be this grounding thing after all of that. Um, and then instead of like healing that attachment wound makes it worse. Um, mm. And now there's Hachi and the circumstances right now are making it worse, but there's like ways that Nana has to realize that it's different than the situation with Ren, I think. Yeah. And I would say um, part of the problem with, with Ren specifically being that Nana is 
kind of looking for him or that relationship to heal the wound. Yeah. Um, and then it it can't. Uh, well, maybe it's debatable whether or not it could. Uh, yeah. But but it Ren- it doesn't, and it be- yeah. it also becomes another like, an even deeper aggravation of the wound. Yeah. There was a, a minor debate that happened in the Yazawa I Discord um, about like why people hate because there's there's a certain uh, approach that's like oh you have this like Yuri manga happening and then both Takumi and Ren come in and just ruin it and there's there's people who hate Ren almost as much as they hate Takumi those people exist um, I am not one of those people I don't think you are either I think both of us think that there's like that Ren is a complex character, is is a mm-hmm. like most characters in this manga, a flawed um, character who makes a lot of mistakes. Um, but there's a lot of, of ways that I think Ren is uh, is kinder and more perceptive, and is is like more looking out for people around him than Takumi is. Um, he's at least like less directly manipulative, although we can talk about the ways that he sometimes still is. Um, but one of the core things that still have to just take into account with Ren is the fact that like he had this relationship with Ren and, or with Nana, he left and like reopened this attachment wound that she had. Um, and this is like, in many ways, like my reading throughout this, his greatest sin is like this thing where he chooses trap nest over Nana. And there's all sorts of reasons why he's like, uh, chooses that, uh, would be free to choose that. But that's still a thing that you always have to like consider in the way that he then continues to sort of want to want to have the relationship with Nana. Um, yeah. well, despite and, the fact that like, he can't really. And well, in addition to that, I think we would be remiss to not point out that, um, the, the aggravation of the wound, it, like it, as far as Ren leaving, it's not just unilateral. It doesn't only happen because Ren is chosen to leave. It also yeah. happens because Nana makes a choice of her own uh, for the reasons that we know well for the core motivations of and conflicts of her character. Um, yeah. So, and I think the the reason that the wound cuts uh, cuts so deep is because of both of those components. Um, yeah. And I'm talking well, specifically the- for Nana, like Nana feeling b- and. Not a having to grapple with both of those components to what to the event that hurt her. Yeah. Um, well, and you know the core of it not necessarily being that Ren moved to Tokyo, but and this is the thing where like Ren will continue to reaggravate it in ways. Um, Ren continually chooses wanting to play specifically for Reira and not for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the real core of it. So, um, yeah. Um, to, to respond to something else that you raised earlier, um, or I guess just the, um, the general point about the, um, the shift in the manga, uh, with this core, the core relationship, which we know is between Nana and Hachi, um, and now it's shifted to them being apart, uh, which w- is a shift that will like. I wouldn't say it will it persists completely through the end, 
Um, yeah. But they'll never be back together in the way that they were. Yeah, um, room 707 is never fully restored. Yeah. And I think the way that the way that I see this shift, uh, well, one way of looking at this would be the what you presented earlier, which is, oh, this relationship is like it's the core of the manga and it's the thing that I'm interested in. And then uh, and now they become separated. And so this relationship is like it's maybe not quite terminated, but it's just like in stasis or uh, it's like pruned prematurely um, because it doesn't become able to like realize what it could have been. Um, We we don't see like this explored further uh, because of this like spatial separation and um, well, not just spatial, but we'll get into it. Uh, and, and to that, I would say, um, I, I don't agree. Uh, and I think that the separation that happens is actually really continue, continues to develop the relationship and tell us more about, uh, like both Nana and Hachi and then the relationship that they have with each other, um, in, in this like negative space way. <laughs> where uh, now they're in this different circumstance, what form does their relationship take and what feelings are they having about it? Um, and I think Yuzawa Ai is really careful to continue developing that and showing that to us um, so that the relationship does actually develop um, in a way that is uh, meaningful and um, revealing. But as it is characteristic to uh, of the whole manga, I would say um, this like deeper examination is it doesn't pull any punches, um, so it doesn't uh, glide over or like paper over the real the troubling aspects that are still there. Um, like it doesn't yeah. reduce the the real like uh the to to use a bad word the like realistic depth of <laughs> uh problems that still like uh, that still are here um and were like weren't resolved yet yeah so um Yeah, I like part of this, too, for me, um, I I obviously identify a lot with Nana in particular as a character. Uh, some of it is around this, like, neglect trauma attachment wound stuff that she has. Um, and so there's also this way that, like, I think part of the manga is, like, um, you know, a thing that because my therapist does like the attachment theory of uh, um, like psychology. Uh, and that in particular is like geared towards, like, I think it's probably good for neglect theory stuff because it's specifically about like the attachments you had to people and, and how those like 
uh, caused like the the trauma that you have now, or like the lack of, um, you know, security. fulfillment from those relationships, yeah, yeah. And security. Um, <clears throat> and from that, the thing that's like kind of hard to hear, um, as somebody who's like going through therapy is like, uh, the thing that is going to heal that is having relationships where you have like the attachment to somebody that attachment gets tested and then they like take care of you rather than like abandon you again. And that's the, that's the real thing. Everything else is coping mechanisms and it's not actually healing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that sucks because it means that like, in some ways, there's the obviously bad thing ways has that, to happen. That, yeah, one, the bad thing has to happen, and two, your healing is like to some degree out of your hands. Uh, there's still ways that you can control it, like not spending time with people who are not going to take care of you, who you like know from repeated uh, experiences are going to aggravate the wound rather than take care of you. Uh, like there's still choices that you have within this about like who you're in a relationship with, who you like spend time with, and you know how you communicate with people about what you need when you like feel certain ways, all of that kind of stuff. There's still like things you can control, but you do just need a person to like actually be there and do the healing for you. Um, in a way that like coping mechanisms, you can be entirely on your own. Um, and so there, there's a certain amount to which like, um, part of what's happening here with Nana's character that we'll, we'll sort of be following is like there are the ways that you have to figure out stuff yourself you have to figure out like you know where you are and the things that uh how you can position yourself to like accept things how you can be open to being healed those are all like Im important things you have to work on yourself um but there's also then just the ways that nana will still have to interact with other people who who will take care of her um so you know yeah that that's also part of it. Like the being apart is important because it gives you like the certain self clarity. The the Nana yeah. and, and Hachi being apart gives them a certain self clarity to like be able to look introspectively. Uh, but also that in and of itself is not going to like help. It's not going to be the the end of taking care of yourself as a person. Yeah, um, and it also gives the clarity to the reader of in with them being apart the thoughts that they begin to have about one another uh, in this new context also tells us again, things about them and about the relationship. Um, yeah. So we see something else now that in, you know, with them being together in that context, we, we just would never see. Um, so now a new dimension, new dimensions, plural potentially uh, of the relationship are like revealed um, with the, with the separation. And I think a lot of it, obviously having to do with what you just outlined. Um, but we'll see all that shortly. Yeah. Shall we get into the synopses? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, I will start. I think that okay. has become somewhat customary. <laughs> you don't you don't you don't want to do the second one so that you can uh undo the typo while you speak. So I can talk about the plans to shit trap nest photo shoot to the UK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh no, it's okay, I'll let you do that. Okay. <laughs> Chapter thirty three. After learning that she actually broke both classes and being encouraged by Ren to go see Haji in person, Nana buys replacement strawberry glasses and goes to Haji's new apartment. 
However, she can't get past security uh, because security has been told to pretend the apartment's empty um, to protect, presumably to protect against paparazzi and stalkers and um, everything else that we're going to see a lot of soon. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she, Nana, has also narrowly met, missed Hachi because uh, Hachi had just left a uh, short time earlier to go meet with Shin at a nearby uh, cafe. Um, at the cafe, Shin and Hachi talk about Hachi's situation and the similarity to Shin's own childhood. Uh, Hachi is kind of hoping to um, get some insight from Shin on how to care for uh, a child with a difficult home life uh, so that her child doesn't end up like, traumatized in the way that, that Shin has been. Uh, and eventually Shin tells Hachi that he wishes he'd been born as her child. The next day, a news piece on Nana and Ren airs on Channel 7 through the manipulations of Search Magazine. Uh, probably, I'll just add one bit of synopsis here. Uh, the news piece becomes possible because uh, one of the photographers, I believe his name is Karada. I don't think it's, it may have been revealed yet, uh, but I think it's, well, whatever. If I'm wrong, we'll find yeah. out. Um, the photographer we've been seeing, like, finally gets a picture of Nana and Ren together. He's, like, staking out the apartment. Um and uh and it yeah it's specifically because um it's raining and nana wants to go see hachi and so ren drives her to the train station yeah <clears throat> so anyway that photo that photograph kicks off um a uh series of events which uh i wouldn't say culminates but <laughs> produces this uh news piece on nana on uh, nana and ren uh that airs on channel 7 um, and reveals their their relationship to basically all of Japan. Uh, chapter 34. Things are thrown into a panic as the Channel 7 piece on Blast and Trapnist airs. Uh, Takami rebukes Hachi when she says that she wants to go see Nana, which results in a, an explosive argument between the two. Um, Hachi is like, I'm going to go anyway. Uh, and Takami's like, uh, you know, if you go, you might as well like go to your parents or whatever. If you don't want to be with me, there's complexities. We'll get into it. Mm -hmm. Um, but Hachi catches a cab, um, to go see Nana and on the way gets a call from Junko and Kyosuke, um, who have seen the news piece as well, uh, have fully put together. So wait, Nana is dating Ren from Trapnest. So Takami is from Trapnest. Um, but also in the process convinced her not to go to apartment 707 uh, because the place is surrounded by paparazzi. They can like see it on the news right now. Um, meanwhile, at the apartment surrounded by paparazzi, uh, some of them have gotten into the building and knock on the door to room 707 to try to ambush Nana. Um, and she doesn't have a phone, so she hasn't, you know, she destroyed her phone. So nobody's been able to like reach her to talk about this. Uh, she also doesn't watch TV. Um, so she is just clueless about what's happening until, you know, there's reporters at the door, uh, which she does not open. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, she's sort of like in shock, like about barricaded in. Yeah. 
Uh, meanwhile, uh, the the band's like manager or handler from from Gaia, the record label, uh, Kawano, the one who we talked about before, like you know Yasu and Kawano meeting. Um, Yasu saying, you know, I'm glad we have you on your side. Uh, he goes to pick up Shin and Nobu um, at Nobu's apartment to take them to a hotel so that the paparazzi won't be able to come and ambush them. Um, and when they sort of ask him about what's happening, his responses suggest that he knows. At the very least that he like suspects or knows that guy is, is behind it, but he's not telling them that he's not actually letting on about that. Yeah. I think um, either, I think Shin yeah, the, says the like, next chapter like confirms this, but yeah, Shin's like, Oh, guy that's like the demo tape this. we gave you. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, uh, uh you send that to lots of people, right? Yeah, there could uh, be anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it gets confirmed later that, that yeah. it was Gaia. Um, also is confirmed later that Kawano was not warned ahead of time about this, mm-hmm. but did quickly put it together. Anyone, anyone, you know, he's like, basically anyone could figure this out that we were, we were behind it. Anyone who's close enough to this, um, that Gaia was behind it. Um, meanwhile, back at the apartment, uh, Yasu throws hands to save Nana from the paparazzi. Um, you know, they, they shake their fists and say, we're, we're writing about this. You'll regret you know, throwing us against a wall or whatever. Um, and, uh, as that's happening, uh, Ren just decides to tow the company line, um, go along with trap in this plan where they are staying silent, not making any statements about anything. Um, and they're gonna, they shifted their photo shoot to the UK where the Japanese press won't be omnipresent, um, in order to sort of also escape from this. um, as Yasu and Nana are leaving the apartment building, um, Nana grabs the mic and gives one comment, which is, just watch me, Hachiko. I'm going to make your dreams come true, which Hachi sees on TV. Chapter 35. Gaia, perhaps unsurprisingly now, uh, finally shows interest in producing a record for Blast after the media circus blows up. Um, and not just interest, uh, they want to slam this thing through as quickly as possible. Uh, so all of a sudden, uh, Gaia is going to uh, not only put out Blast's single, but they want an album and they're um, they're ready to, to sign sign Blast fully to a real, real contract. Hachi calls Takumi to apologize for the argument uh, that they had. Um, because, of, of course... <laughs> It was all Hachi's fault. Um, I mean, of course, Hachi's going to be the one who will reach out. Right. That's yeah. the real, of course. Yeah. Um, well, I was being ironic with. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, she calls Takumi as he's like on his way to the airport. Um, and even though he's already forgotten all about this argument, uh, he quickly like conceals that fact and uh, promises to buy her an engagement ring as a souvenir. Um, And then also encourages her to actually go home to her parents for now, uh, since um, she's going to be alone and she can't really uh, be with Nana. uh, So her parents' house is probably the safest place. Uh, Meanwhile, Nana is determined to win Hachi back through Blast's music and success. 
And chapter 36, uh, Takumi leaves London before the rest of Trapnest in order to go see Hachi and her family. Uh, meanwhile, Blast has gone to a remote camp to practice and work on the album. And Shin begins emailing with Reira. He has a fancy new laptop that he bought with some of the money that Reira gave him. Um, Nana holds on to the belief that achieving her dream will win Hachi back. Um, and But is also, like to some degree, I think starting to admit that this is to avoid facing the reality of Takumi and the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Reira wrestles with her feelings for both Takumi and Yasu when they find out that Yasu gave up on being a lawyer to pursue the band with Nana. Um, and Ren also reflects on the ways that he might be losing Nana to Yasu. Uh, we can also get into, you know, Ren's feelings here. But, I'm sure we'll discuss uh, this scene. Yeah. In detail. There's some parts where I'm like, this is a whole conversation that we'll probably talk about. I just have to quickly summarize it for us. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, at the recording and training camp, uh, the band learns that they will be doing unannounced shows around Tokyo. Um, and Nana finally has Yasu talk to her directly about how he loves her. Yeah. So rewind now to start of chapter 33. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that opening page is worthy of comment. Uh, this is, I think in, uh, well, uh, do you think this is in Hachi's voice or, or Nana's voice? I think probably Nana. Yeah, I think this is Nana's voice. I, I think that Nana still remains the primary narrator at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, and More so than than when uh, Hachi was the primary narrator, we still get like scenes and more interiority into Hachi sometimes. Um, but uh, Nana has become more of the focal character. Yeah. Um, uh, the only thing I want to say about this chapter, or not, not <laughs> moving on to 34, <laughs> um, a- about this page, is that it sets up this um, this consideration about uh, relationships and conflict in relationships. Um, Nana is uh, ruminating on like fighting with your. Um, fighting with someone that you're close to. Um, and uh, then like kind of segues into thinking about like people hurting other people, um, uh, the people that they're in relationships with. Um, and she has this idea that I guess it's impossible to live without getting hurt, but I realized I had to try to live without hurting the people around me. I finally figured that out. Um, yeah. So, I don't, it's not the first time that we've heard a consideration of this type. Um, I just want to uh, highlight it here because I have a specific thought about the, like the paparazzi <laughs> and this, uh, like in this intro uh, that I, yeah. I want to return to later. Okay. Um, I mean, I think also just while we're on this page, we can do the very beginning part of people say, uh, that the more that you fight with someone, the closer you are to them, but fighting is ultimately just slamming your egos into each other. And even if this reveals your true feelings, it doesn't necessarily result in understanding. 
Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also Which... this key thing of, of Nana sort of finally figuring out um, the, that she has to try to live without hurting people around her, even if that means that she will also get hurt sometimes. Yeah. And also the, the expression, um, like the form of expression that you use with the people around you. Um, I think these two things are tied together in the sense of um, with Nana, we see her uh, like occasionally having outbursts, uh, especially with like with Ren is, (laughs) is one of the primary ones. Um, And the fights that she has or with Nobu, for instance. Um, And I think, uh, well, maybe this is self-evident, um, but yeah, <laughs> fighting with somebody hurts them uh, oftentimes. Uh, and so the learning to uh, communicate in a different way and then also learning to like not hurt people are is two things that are connected. Um, I think that's the upshot of, of this uh, page. Yeah. Um, there's also, as we get to even just this first page with the, um, text from, from Shin, uh, I mean, we can talk through more of this chapter overall, but, you know, the bulk of this chapter is about this, um, missed meeting between, uh, Nana and Hachi, where Nana's going to Hachi's apartment, uh, but can't get in, can't leave something. There's like things there that we'll, we'll talk about that are like further preventing Nana from being able to contact Hachi in this moment. Uh, but really the core reason why this like, uh, meeting is being missed. They are passing each other by, um, is that Nana never reached out to Hachi in another way. Uh, of course at this point she doesn't have the phone. Um, but Shin did. And so Hachi is going and meeting Shin, the person who actually reached out to her. And so that's the person that Hachi is going to reach out to. Um, and, you know, if Hachi was in that apartment, um, Nana would go and dial the number and it would ring and, you know, Hachi would probably go and pick it up. You yeah. Know? Um, like, that's the the real core thing here where Nana is still not able to connect with Hachi is because, like, she never tried to reach out before this moment. Yeah. Um, and now the desire is there, but, like, her phone is destroyed. So she, all, all of a sudden, the cell phone, which she had criticized so heavily before, uh, becomes a really important thing. Um, and then that the destruction of that is obviously tied to all of the the trauma um, and the panic attack and everything. Um, yeah. So just the symbolism of like that cause being the thing that deprive it part what one of the things that like deprives her of the ability to reconnect now, um, I think is it's seems pretty clear, uh, symbolically. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to another thing symbolically that is preventing us, uh, as we go through. Um, I don't know if there's other, other things you want to, we get this little bit of, um, Rera waking up. Um, I don't know if I have too much here, but uh, Shin does leave the 
the lighter necklace behind. Um, yeah, the thing that I noticed on this page was the way that her eyes just like, uh, <laughs> just like, uh, flash open instantly when she wakes up. Uh, it almost feels yeah. like a like a thriller or a horror movie in a way where someone's just waking up in like terror. Uh, yeah. And then she turns over like looking for Shin and Shin's not there. Uh, so I think we can see that uh, with just a, a few panels here, um, the emotional distress that Reira is, is still in. Um, and also it kind of introduces the abandonment thing again. Yeah. Um, which takes we us also right get, into, uh, you know, the eyes flashing when she sees the, the lighter necklace as well. Um, in some ways mirroring when Ren wakes up, um, after like Ren and Nana first, you know, come together again, um, after being apart since like he left for Tokyo. Yeah. Um, and he wakes up to the empty bed and sort of, um, is reacting in a slightly different way. Although some of that is, uh, he doesn't immediately have to deal with his handler coming in and being like, you know, good morning. <laughs> the stylist is going to be here soon. Um, but then also, you know, going into the bathroom and then having this relief and, and seeing some sign of, Oh, this person actually hasn't fully left me. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Shin and Ray relationship continues on this trajectory where they, are both constantly getting really, really close <laughs> to uh, poking each other's like worst wounds <clears throat> or aggravating them. Um, and I, I mean, sometimes they, they do. Yeah. Uh, but then like the sincerity of their intention and just like their emerging desire for uh a like a real connection with a healthy connection with somebody like pulls them out of it uh just like barely um yeah where there's like one sliver one gest of like or one sliver of like words or one gesture uh where like this sincerity of intention can break through like both of their walls uh, or the fear yeah. and keeps them like still <laughs> uh, viable, um, like keeps them together. And this is another uh, case of that where she like wakes up and she has this seemingly ter this terror and finds him gone. Um, and then like sees the lighter and is like, um, <laughs> reaffirmed that that she, he actually does still like want to see her yeah um we then get uh nana and ren in nana's bed in in room 707 um so last time was ren coming to pick her up uh and her crying with the the letter from hachi so um uh Ren we, uh, nuzzles like into her breasts uh, in a a scene that's similar to when um, Nobu and Hachi have sex. 
And then afterwards, Nobu like nuzzles her in the same way. And yeah, she thinks even a little comment of little baby. Yeah. They, they both have the same thought. Uh, so I don't, uh, you don't necessarily have to go too deep with this right now, but maybe something to yeah. remember. I mean, I, I think the one of the big things that's also coming up here is this beginning of um, Nana sort of reflecting on her relationship with Ren. Um, you know, we, we get the, like, until my band really makes it, I don't think I'll uh, be able to reconcile my feelings about Ren and Trapnest. But when I'm with Ren, I always just dive right back in like this because I love him. It's very simple. Um, and then immediately goes into thinking about Hachi and the strawberry glasses. Yeah. Uh, I think this quotation, well, Nana's state of mind here is still, um, <clears throat> she's still struggling with this problem of, she she wants this self-sufficiency. Uh, she wants to stand on her own two feet, so to speak. Um, and not to rehash this, because we've, of course, we've discussed it. Um, but there's the abandonment fear. Uh, and I, but I think even underneath the abandonment fear is this deeper fear of like, not being self-constituting um like she doesn't feel secure in any relationship so in order to feel secure the the way that she (laughs) processes that is in order to feel secure she wants to like know that she's still whole without needing anybody else um instead of arriving at the conclusions that you were sharing earlier (laughs) Um, and then maybe some of these healthier, uh, ways of processing the abandonment trauma. She's still stuck in this. She's gone the other direction where she's like, oh, well, I need to just be like whole in of myself and not need anybody, um, in order to maintain that. Uh, but obviously this is part of the tragic situation of, of her character, um, because she's pursuing a goal that, well, we could debate about the goal, <laughs> but the, this goal could be fraught in of itself, uh, yeah. either like impossible or just a bad idea. Uh, I think the manga is probably suggests both, <laughs> uh, but again, um, I suppose we could debate if this the nature of, of that sentiment. Um, I mean, also part of, and I think we'll get into this more as we, we, you know, the manga goes and on and we get more of the relationship with Ren and everything. Um, but there is also this way that in this moment, like Ren is somebody who is going to continue to aggravate the, the wound rather than actually heal it. Um, you know, there are these moments of comfort that she has, um, but he's he's going to continue to be a part of Trap Nest in a way that, um, you know, it's yeah. achieving achieving the dream of, of Blast, I don't think is actually going to like Blast being big and her making it in her own right is actually going to fully resolve 
the thing of Ren still chose to to like pursue somebody else's dream and not mine. I think that's actually the core issue in the relationship. Um, and so there is this way that like Ren is going to be is a person who probably is not actually the best person for Nana to be like long term in a relationship with because he is not going to be able to like address this core thing for her. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it, it's not like the, oh, Ren left for Tokyo and now it's over and done. And like, I'm upset that he left, but now that's in the past and now we're getting over it. <laughs> uh, you're right. Like this is the, the core, the substance of that whole thing is, is a continuing situation. Yeah. Uh, so. And Ren is going to continue to choose Rayra. So. Yeah. Rayra and and or trap nester if we can even yeah. separate those two things um uh, and we'll see more we'll see his stated reasons for one such choice later so we can kind of examine his psychology more deeply yeah um so yeah we get ren tells nana that both glasses were broken so she finally learns that uh um so and also probably yeah. puts together to some extent, like, oh, yeah, I really do need to be the one to go and apologize because <laughs> um, I didn't intend it to be like this big symbolic act of me not wanting to have anything to do with her ever again. Um, but no, this this one is on, on me, even if I that's not what I intended to do. Um, and, you know, again, she doesn't fully know because of the, the panic attack of what she did or why she did it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ren gives her the apartment number, uh, they address in the apartment number. Uh, we learn that 302, which I commented on is, uh, so much less significant and important than 707, but it is also Ren's apartment number. Uh, so there's some sort of linkage happening here between Takumi and Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh... We, of course, then get the, the quick dash to the car so that Ren can drive her to the, the train station because um, she also forgot her umbrella. Um, and the photo is taken and we get this uh, this line where seemingly this is from like future Nana perspective. Uh, the trigger that ruins someone's fate can be pulled in an instant. Um, and in this case, like we get trigger with the, the gun, the, the poster with Rara holding it. Uh, but of course also the, the camera trigger, the shooting of the camera. So, yeah. Um, a linkage happening there as well between like trap nest and, uh, specifically this image of like Takumi holding on to Rayra. Um, yeah, she's standing holding the gun. Yeah. She's standing holding the gun. Uh, and Takumi has got like one hand on her hip and his like head on her other hip. Yeah. Um, and then trap nest itself being this, the, the trigger being this like synecdoche for trap nest. Uh, and then of course, like plot wise, what's happening here is the, the association with trap nest is throwing uh, Nana into the, into this dilemma uh, where she's going to be, um, she's going to become a celebrity, but also like 
the subject of scandal that's going to change your life. Yeah. Um, Yuzawa, I really uh, just rubbing some dirt in the the wounds, showing all the times that <laughs> they uh, barely miss each other. You know, the taxi yeah. driving right past Nana as she's trying to find the the apartment building. Yeah, this is like the the whole fate sensibility. I think. Yeah, uh, where fate is often overtly referenced, but then a, a lot of the time, it still seems to be indicated. Even when it's not specifically named, uh, yeah, there was this is this is like a potential tangent here, but it's fine. We're we're still in the first chapter, so we're trying to bring um, we're trying to bring the tangents back. I'm trying yeah. to. Um, so I I've been listening to Shelves by Genre, which is a sort of genre fiction podcast, um, hosted by uh, Cameron Kunzelman, uh, Michael Lutz, and Austin Walker. They've been doing um, the Book of the New Sun, um, which is like a, a, a few mm. books. But um, and in one of the, the for people listening now, it's not the most recent, but the, the most recent one that I listened to, um, Austin Walker in particular, gets into this discussion about uh, the way that like Book of the New Sun and also other works function in this mode where um, at once there is like the actual there there is like this materialist level there is like actual material conditions inform people's actions and the things that they are doing um that like the need to work as we talk about in in nana is a key thing like um and in a limiting thing so much of like hachi's decision to go with Takumi is also tied up in ideas of financial security and like ability to have the child and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll also get like, and the paparazzi, you know, we'll see is, yeah. is like the, um, it's just like a pure form of this in a way. Yeah. Um, but then there is also this level and, uh, you know, in some works like uh, book of the new sun, it's more moving in towards this, like, uh, Christian mode of like God or something in a, in addition, this thing that's above it, um, or is also a factor here in Nana. It, it's these other ideas of like, um, you know, fate, um, and all of those things, the, the like fated love between these two, um, the like idea fate of the or curses string. or like the yeah, curses, Lord. Um, and it, it then provides this like extra, um, spiritual layer where part of what having faith or having a belief in something is, is there are the material conditions that are like governing your life, but then you also still have this belief or faith in something else that, uh, is in some way in influencing events, even if you cannot ever point to the actual, like, thing that it is creating that is separate from like the material things um that is like part of especially like for modern people with faith in some sort of religion uh part of it is still having that belief in things even if like the the effects of that are hard to separate from just the material things of your everyday life um and i think like nana also like as a work operates in the similar mode where uh 
fate is a an active thing that is influencing this and yet everything that is like in some way fated also has all of these like clear material causes yeah it happens it. for reasons we can understand yes um but there's still then this importance of belief in some sort of and you know i think not in particular so focused on love this like belief that like despite all the material things that uh go underneath love that there is still something about love itself that is like a special or uh supersedes or is like also above a kind of sort like of material life yeah, even if it does not like fully yeah even if it's not like fully uh contradicting the natural order of things or like you know the material conditions of life uh there's still something else happening there that is like and that belief in that is an important thing Mm-hmm. Uh, belief in the like fate of their love is an important thing that then helps in some ways. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I, I was this especially is gonna thinking be, of that. So, <laughs> yeah, well, y- you, you set up something that I think will, uh, I think we'll have occasion to reference that exact discussion uh, probably a few times <laughs> as we go through the, <laughs> the rest of the four, and a half chapters <laughs> that we have yeah. left. Uh, we we have three and a half left. Oh, three and a half. Sorry. One. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, yeah, the near miss that happens. Uh, I'll just by the way, stop me if I am moving past something that you want to discuss. Um. No, I mean, I think the the only thing I really want to talk about with like Nana getting to the apartment, um, and trying to see Hachi. Um, is the way that like, uh, there's sort of the, these like levels happening. Oh, okay. One, I, I didn't want to stop and like briefly do this part where, um, so while she's like typing in 302 to try and like call Hachi, um, in the little, you know, apartment intercom, there's this thought of, I just have to act normally. Like nothing happened at all. Hachi thinks I'm mad and taking Nobu's side that I'm being some vigilante because she thinks I'm a hero of justice, but I'll show her that no matter what the hero is always on the, the heroine side. Um, I just wanted to call attention to this because this idea of like Nana is the hero and Hachi is the, the heroine is a thing that's going to like, um, you know, continue to be developed and, and talked about, but mm-hmm. I feel like there's not too much here. I just wanted to highlight it. Okay. Um, I don't know if you had stuff that you wanted to talk, but I feel like we can talk about it at the end because it comes up at the end as well. Yeah. Um, Especially with Yasu uh, later saying there is no justice in this world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what does that mean for the hero of justice? Well, we'll, yeah, maybe we'll figure it out. Um, But, The other thing, and this hasn't like, you know, I I think more of this comes up um, potentially, but we we have this thing where, um, you know, there's this tight security that Takumi has. Um, And this is also operating in this mode where like a lot of it makes sense. Like this is a good protective measure. Mm -hmm. Um, Paparazzi are a thing that is going to be detrimental to like many people in the story. Um, he's trying to protect against that. Uh, he's obviously trying to protect against like stalkers and weird fans. Um, which we know is a concern. Yeah. Um, there is also this way that it becomes like, uh, you know, an isolating thing. 
uh, it further isolates Hachi in this moment as well. Um, yeah. There are obviously ways that she is able to like move out of that isolation. It's not like fully like she can't leave the apartment. She's literally gone to go see Shin. Um, but there's yeah. also ways that they talk about that of like her kind of going in secret to see Shin, you know? Um, it's, it's not approved of, uh, or at least it's not, it does not seem like Hachi is saying to Takami, I'm going to go see Shin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we should just actually <clears throat> move forward to, uh, this page where Nana is saying, uh, is where Nana is thinking specifically about this. Um, yeah. And Nana, so she's pissed because she's been turned away. <clears throat> and identifies, uh, well, I'll, I'll just read, a drastic measure with no wiggle room. Leave it to Takumi to think of the perfect way to isolate her. It's perfect. This way, any visitors will just think they made a mistake. Poor Hachi, living in a place that's supposed to be unoccupied. It's like a ghost who doesn't realize she's dead. Now she only exists for Takumi and the baby in her belly. I just can't believe that's a happy life. Hey, Hachi, is that really the way you want to live? Uh, I, so I, I had a, a note for this scene. Um, I think this is an important early moment. So yes, on one level, Nana is identifying valid concerns, which, which you pointed out. Yeah. Uh, but what strikes me more in this scene is the projection on Nana's yeah. part. Uh, because this really isn't an accurate image. Like this is so greatly exaggerated. <laughs> uh, yeah, the exact language she uses. Like, and I think the manga it, indicates this. It, it's all about the isolation part, and not the protective part, and not the ways that this is not like a a complete totalizing isolation that Hachi is enduring. Right, exactly. Like it presents this image of Hachi as like completely lacking agency totally reduced like oh now she's just a ghost who like she doesn't even know she's dead and she's just this vessel for this baby like <laughs> she's had everything stripped away from her uh but i think the the structure of the manga is is doing some work here uh because we have the concurrent scene which is like clear proof otherwise we're actually like yeah. we the reader uh we're we actually have closeness to Hachi because we see what she's doing. Uh, we see her life and we see her like interiority uh, and, and what her actual like reality is right now. And Nana does not. Yeah. Um, but also there's, there's a certain truth again, Nana, what's what Nana is saying is like the over the top version but this meeting with Shin does end with somewhat as a joke, but as we know, jokes are often conveying an underlying truth in Nana of Shin saying, then madam, let us meet again, avoiding the eyes of your husband. Um, and Hachi doing, you know, heh, yeah. Um, but, you know, she was lying when Shin called, um, to talk to me. We, it does not seem that Hachi's telling talk to me about like this meeting with Shin either. Um, and there's also this way that like her face sort of falls as Shin leaves and she, she has to go back home. Um, and, you know, calls out and, and, uh, asks like, how's Nobu doing those sorts of things. 
Um, there, there is this way that like, while it is not this totalizing isolation that Nana is imagining, there are also ways that what Hachi's feeling has to in some way feel stifling or isolating if she has to lie about going to see her friend. Um, that's still like an indication that it is not necessarily the healthiest relationship where she feels like she can go and do anything she wants. Oh yeah. Um, no, no question. Yeah. Um, I think there's two things happening that we can separate, separate out with, with, with that yeah. point, which is the first one being exactly what you said that we've already seen Takumi having designs on isolating Hachi, uh, like how extensive they are. Well, whether they extend to like Takumi actually like doesn't want her to see Shin and like if he knew about it, he would stop her or whatever. Well, that part is maybe unclear right now. But yeah. the big picture of like him having designs on isolating her and then there being for like him putting forces to work to that end, we know for sure. So that's true. Uh, but then there's the other part of this scene, which is that like, or the other part of this, which is Nana like takes that and then fills in a lot of blanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like adds a lot of, a lot more content here that is coming like from Nana. Yeah. And, I think what is like, which in this moment she's describing is it's not actually like the whole ghost who doesn't realize she's dead. Now she only exists for talking to me in the baby in her belly. That will that will never happen. Like that doesn't yeah. actually happen to Haji ever in, yeah. <laughs> in the manga. Uh, There's also a, a way that I think that Nana's reaction here Um in the way that it, it it puts everything onto Takumi being this bad actor, uh, Hachi being powerless, is also positioning herself as powerless. And it is acting as a thing where she, she's not having the thoughts of, you know, as she's leaving, oh, this, this security is so tight. If only I hadn't destroyed my phone, you know? Yeah. Um, I should have reached out to Hachi earlier. She's also not, like, looking at the ways that she contributed to this isolation that Hachi might be experiencing um, and fully puts it onto a thing that Takumi is doing and a thing that is totalizing and that uh, she feels like she can't in any way get through. Um, yeah. Like rather oh, than this is all Takumi's like evil yeah. machinations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think this is like, that's a good point in, uh, it also ties into this larger dynamic of Nana and Takumi, where like <laughs> part of the reason Nana hates Takumi so much, as we've discussed, is like is the projection of uh it's their similarity and then her like one of her responses to to that is like having this especially intense um like fixation on on that uh on this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but the other thing with this, I'm pointing this out like so, so strongly here because uh, this, it becomes a, a pattern 
of like how Nana is thinking about Hachi in her absence. Uh, like with them being separated, Nana, and there will be other scenes where we see this, uh, but Nana is very quick to, like, in her imagination, uh, like, disregard or uh, just, like, erase Hachi's uh, interiority and, like, agency in these chapters. Um, like, she makes a lot of uh, assumptions and her has like thought processes about Hachi that completely <laughs> uh, like erase or disregard any considerations of like, well, I wonder what Hachi's like actual feelings, what she's actually doing and feeling. Uh, and I think that's something that um, it is worth consideration when we once we've like seen the the whole pattern and the in the volume yeah um do you want to talk about the conversation with shin and hachi that's happening concurrently yeah um so you know shin gets confirmation that uh hachi's getting married um and is pregnant um and his his first reaction is, are you sure it's Takami's baby? And then when Hachi says probably says, get an abortion, mm-hmm. <laughs> break up with Takami. <laughs> like, um, you know, just get the abortion and then tell him that. Like, yeah. About what happened. Yeah. Um, and I, I think this response from Hachi, uh, Takami knows everything. Uh, well, Takami knows everything. It is an interesting one because we get, and like, like we also get the reaction, uh, sort of overlaid panel of, of Shin to that. Um, but like some of it is like, oh, he knows like the whole story here. Like tell Doc me the truth. I already have. That's like the immediate thing. Mm-hmm. This is also touching on the stuff that also came up of like, uh, Takami knows all about the like, dark parts of me that I don't want to share with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is also inherent in this statement. Yeah. Um, and representative of like how she's thinking about him throughout the, throughout the volume. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's the, then we're getting married because we accept each other and the situation. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another line that is, yeah. is doing a lot of the same, uh, it's like gesturing at the same feelings. Yeah. Um, and at this point, Shin's like, ah, uh, you know, I, I will trust you here then. Basically. Yeah. Like, no, you're um, not weird. Your feelings are, <laughs> are, are valid and you should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so don't listen to me telling you that you should get an abortion. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we also get, uh, Hachi assuming that everyone's pissed um, Mm -hmm. and also uh, not wanting to hit a sore spot for Shin. So there's also this like thing coming up of her awareness about Shin, you know, her own assumptions as well. Yeah. Her, her awareness and also assumptions. 
Um, and being like, you know, of course there's the, like, uh, it must've been so hard for your mother too, but I believe she really wanted to have you Shin. Um, which we do find out a little bit more about, uh, his, his actual mother, but, um, yeah. Um, and this of course becomes this, this situation of talking about the similarities that might exist between like this relationship that Hashi's getting herself into and then, um, Shin's childhood, um, and really the, you know, Shin continues to sort of have this, like, more negative feelings about everything. Um, but then also says, but really, don't just listen to me. Even if the situation is similar, things will be different because you're different people. So you just have to do things your way. Um, I wish I'd been born as your child, Hachi. Uh, so this being, like, you know, probably his biggest, like, uh, kindness in the situation or, um, you know, fully saying, like, um, like expression of faith. Yeah. In a way that, that like you are, you will, I believe that you will be able to do a different situation. If I had been your child, my life would have been different. Yeah. Um, like I don't, I'm not able to tell you what, to do differently specifically but like i believe that i don't need to tell you (laughs) like you you're going to achieve like you're going to achieve what you want to achieve and have a loving relationship with your child uh yeah yeah um the other aspect of this which i bring up because it uh tracking like Hachi's mental state in this volume. Uh, I feel like a lot of what's happening with Hachi is her gaining, coming to grips with what her relationship with Takumi is and what it's going to be. While also deciding again and again to accept that. And, the the core of that is her like her view of the relationship as something that is like going to be fraught uh and it, that's how she frames it here where like she's concerned about if the baby isn't talking to me as i think talk to will suffer and the child will be suspicious if they don't look like him but even if that happens i still want to have hope that if we try we can have a happy family uh so she's already accepting and we'll see other instances where she's having similar considerations. Um, but she's already accepting that there's some problem <laughs> in the relationship. Uh, and that it's like, it. this is a probably a euph- euphemistic way of characterizing it, but that the relationship is imperfect. And in spite of that, she like thinks it can still be uh like loving and happy uh and i think that's 
this is like a new, (laughs) these are new developments for Hachi in terms of how she's thinking about relationships. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I think the first thing that comes to mind is like, considering Hachi in, in as, uh, from the perspective of like Hachi's in this abusive relationship. Um, and that these like her thought process, you know, we, we look at it through that lens. Uh, I think the first reaction, <laughs> at least for me is, is to go there. Um, but then I think there's also, uh, not in, uh, like within that we, we also have the larger, like arc of Hachi throughout the whole manga. Um, so we know her like before the relationship with Takumi. And then we have kind of this like longer arc of her, the way that she thinks about relationships um, and like tries to navigate them. Uh, and so like, there's also that frame uh, to, to think about this in as well, where she's like, having more complex ideas about relationships now um, and struggling with like the failures and complexities or imperfections of relationships. Like she's, she's appears to be grappling directly with them uh, in a way that like kind of not a, isn't really right now. Yeah. Um, So again, of course that doesn't supersede like, We'll, we'll maintain the, the frame of fidelity to the, the frame of like how this is an abusive relationship and how Hachi's like mindset right now is tied into that. Uh, but I think there's like two frames that are, that should are, that are key uh, to, to consider Hachi in right now. Yeah. And I mean, a thing that, and it comes up later in this, this volume as well, but it has come up previously is also like, uh, talk me being open about how he is imperfect. Um, yeah. so, you know, even if she's not necessarily thinking of him as abusive towards her, which, you know, we, we've pulled back a little bit from her point of view. Um, there are definitely ways that that will come up continually of like, uh, you know, the thing that we specifically get later on is like, oh, if the if the father's bad, the the child will be bad too. You know? Um this yeah. sort of we'll we'll talk about it when Takami actually says that, because I think there's stuff to unpack there, but um, you know, it's also part of this. Yeah. Um but yeah, in the you know, immediate context of this conversation, we then move to the paparazzi. Um, and this conversation immediately gets linked to one, the reveal that Shin's mother committed suicide right after giving birth to him. Um, and you know, uh, Shin's real father is not the, uh, man that we've seen. Um, again, unclear. Cause it, it seems like there's some other potential like mother figure grooming him, which may have been a stepmother or something. Um, some of that stuff is still left vague um at this point but uh yeah we get this revelation of shin's actual mother and what happened to her um and then uh, immediately shifts to you know should we investigate this further it's overseas so it'll be hard um and going ah no figure out what happened to nana's mother 
Mm-hmm. So we really would just want to dig up all the all the mother trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then this, of course, the the idea of digging up the trauma around motherhood that all of these people have um, immediately leads into this whole idea of what the paparazzi want, um, which is, you know, this this twofold thing of to sell copies, to, to make money. Um, but then also uh, there's this part where like one of the guys is talking about, uh, you know, even if the record comes out, it won't sell. Uh, if their image is good, they'll get the idiot fans. Then the real music fans will hate them. Anyway, their songs aren't the type that high school girls want to sing at karaoke. Um, and then, you know, the, the main guy saying, why are you talking like a critic? The huddled masses always look to the tabloids to tell them what to think. Um, now these new bands delude themselves and pretend to be artists. I can't take it. A world ru- ruled by goody-goody bands like Trap Nest is so boring. I just want to break Takumi's face. Um, and so this like desire to make money also tied into this desire to like, uh, you know, knock the people who who consider themselves an artist down a peg. Um, yeah, yeah. This is a really I for for me this is a really important scene. Uh, because it's, it's such an introduction to like the entity of the paparazzi. Yeah. Uh, like it's, uh, it really indicates like what's going on with, with this entity in the, in the manga. Um, and, uh, yeah, kudo, the guy here being like the main mastermind of the, um, the scandal, like articulating his <laughs> his vision uh, and motivations, and it is it's the the dual motivations as you pointed out. Um, just the like this pure distilled like exploitative capitalism of just like selling copies. That's it. That's a, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> like. <laughs> With no yeah. ethical consideration at all, no other considerations besides just like selling. That's it. This is like this extreme like distillation of the pure like evil <laughs> evil of capitalism uh into this uh you know entity of of search or the paparazzi. Um but then it's interesting that it's paired with this hatred of the artists. Um, it's actually surprising to get this because the guy, I mean, we can assume like you're going into this scene. I think you're prepared for the kudo, the sleazy tabloid guy to be like, yeah, my motivation is to make, is to sell copies. Uh, but you're not expecting him to be like, I hate these artists. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Which it's surprising, and uh, and I think that's significant uh, that the two things come together because they're linked. Uh, and I would I would push this further and say, are these one and the same? Yeah, and, and this, I think I think yeah. the the manga also like suggests this further by having the paparazzi like search magazine and the the like 
actual commercial side of the music business, Gaia, are like together in this scheme. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something about I'll uh, I'll just say within the the like manga, uh, although we could we could talk about just art, um, the function of art <laughs> in society in a capitalist society. Uh, yeah. But I think again, just within the manga, um, I think there's this idea that look we're presented with this world that is. Uh, it's a again a capitalist society. It's this transactional world where people are objectified, uh, where the stories and where uh, where everything is objectified if possible, uh, and people have to work and make money. We're constantly reminded of this reality and and the like for the force the oppressive force that exerts in people's lives. Uh, but then we have art and art is this thing that seems to have the potential to like resist that. Uh, and it, it in and of itself is like, has other concerns and it, it's not, uh, it's this thing that could like potentially escape uh, being subordinated to, the whole a capitalist ideology. Um, yeah. And so then, uh, but then of course, capitalism is constantly trying to co-opt it and subordinate it. Uh, and that's often like what's happening. It's in fact, what will happen um, in the manga. And uh, I think that's where the connection kind of uh it's fully revealed <laughs> where capitalism, like th- there's a hatred of art uh, that is one and the same as like the drive <laughs> uh, to commodify everything uh, yeah. and reproduce capitalism. Um. And so this is all just like embodied in Kudo right now. And then by extension, it's embodied like in the paparazzi, um, which Paparazzi will continue to do this, uh, where it will try to uh, tear open people's lives and uh, turn people and their emotions and their experiences uh, all into commodities, um, and that this is yeah. something that is extreme, extraordinarily violent um, and unethical. Uh, so, anyway... Yeah, I always think of, um, I had a film professor who was from Poland, um, and his, his main focus was like, uh, Polish national cinema and like, uh, you know, broader, like Eastern European cinema. Um, and he was, uh, I would, me, someone who would often be communist in class, uh, (laughs) was staunchly anti-communist, but in a way where like, we could argue about it, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. in a way where like he actually had an awareness of, of communism. Um, whereas a lot of people I think are like staunchly anti-communist and don't actually have any idea of what communism is. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just like in full red scare mode. Uh, but even <laughs> he would said on multiple occasions to like entire, 
uh, classes. Um, that, uh, you know, for as much as he hates communism, the worst thing that ever happened to cinema in Eastern Europe was the fall of the Soviet Union and the rise of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all art left like Polish cinema when that happened. That's in hilarious. Just Polish cinema became awful. There's no art left in it. Wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's that's yeah. saying a lot coming from the, yeah. an anti-communist, right? Yeah. Um, no, he would say it was because the artists were, were you know, getting we're like fighting against the the censors or whatever in various ways but um you know they are also getting funding for the arts just saying yeah <laughs> so anyway yeah. um i think the rest of this chapter we can probably breeze through i mean we've already talked about the the parting with um shin and nana um or shin and, and hachi i don't know if there's any other parts in there you want to talk about um the very end we get another payoff on the uh i'm thinking of uh the movie nope where it's it's the bad miracle um yeah. this is the bad dream um or the like the cursed dream uh we get another payoff of of this trope where uh nada becomes the celebrity and blast like makes it big, but it's this. <laughs> it's in this way that's <laughs> it's like it's monkey's monkey paw. paw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jinx. Yeah, and then next time um, you have to buy me a Verner's. <laughs> okay, well, maybe Verner's will buy us Verner's. Yeah. Maybe they'll just drop off a dump truck of Verner's at, at in front of our houses. Uh. uh. Anyway, yeah, the the imagery uh, at the end of the chapter, I I thought was uh, really uh, really poignant uh, and in like turning the uh, these like images and emotions uh, in a way to reflect that the unexpectedly terrible resolution <laughs> of the dream, the the monkey's paw, um, yeah. It's like the sky clearing, the spotlight was finally suddenly on us because we're in a boxing ring. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, this also goes from the, the first page of the chapter. People say the more you fight with someone, the closer you are to them. But fighting is ultimately just slamming your egos into each other. And even if this reveals your true feelings, it doesn't necessarily result in understanding. End of chapter. We found ourselves standing not on the stage, but in the ring. The cheers and jeers still ringing in my head, loud and annoying. Yeah. So, um, yeah, fighting might reveal your true feelings, does not bring understanding, um, and is is just going to hurt you and the, the people around you rather than, uh, you know, doing the other thing. Yeah. Living without hurting the people around you. Um, chapter 36 or chapter 34, <laughs> not 36. Yeah, He's really skipping there, yeah. ahead. Yeah. Um. So, uh, th- this uh, starting page, I mean, it is calling attention to the the lack, the way that like Nana is intentionally cut off from things like the media. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, feels like a less poignant first page than some of them. 
it's okay. They don't all have to be bangers. Um, <laughs> yeah. It sets the stage for the, like her getting ambushed later. Yeah. Um, but we do sort of get this rollout of various people, uh, being like, <laughs> yeah, I like the one of, uh, Hachi's dad. Hey, isn't that not his hot roommate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one really, this one really made me laugh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we get the various people finding out about, uh, everything people putting together, um, the Hachi Takami might be that Takami. Um, or confirming in cases where they are do suspect, uh, suspected. Um, but I feel like the, the big thing to first touch on is this, uh, argument between Hachi and Takami. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we specifically get, uh, Hachi, like, running to Takumi, worried about Nana, um, and, uh, you know, one, he's like, it doesn't matter if it's true or not, which Hachi's like, what do you mean it doesn't matter? Uh, but obviously he's thinking from, like, people will believe what they believe, like, <laughs> the, the truth is less important here than the actual, like, gossip, yeah, um, and the paparazzi don't care either. Yeah. Um like they're intentionally not caring. <laughs> like that's the whole point of of their entire uh endeavor. Um but then talks about uh you know Ren and his little girlfriend getting them into this mess um which obviously talking about none of this way seems to be upsetting Hachi. Mm-hmm. Um and uh takami shouts shut up this has nothing to do with you um and then well at also this like point, ignoring her basically yeah yeah uh, and just like focusing on on getting on the phone and calling you know trying to do damage control basically yeah um and then as she gets ready to leave uh he's asking her to stay out of this um Notably, Hachi describes uh, going to see Nana as I'm going home to see how Nana's doing. I'm worried about her, which I think is a, a key little word to, to mm-hmm. like uh, cue in on here. Um, and then, uh, you know, when he's continuing to be like, just stay out of this, uh, she shouts, but she's my friend. Talk to me. There's something really wrong with you as a person. Um and we get like this extra return of the Cole to Takami look. Um, and he responds, if you really think that, then why are you marrying me? If the father's bad, the baby will grow up to be bad too. I'm the perfect example. Just having two parents isn't enough. Um, and then, you know, says, uh, if you're worried about being alone, like go to your parents, raise the baby. I'll still pay child support. Um, all of that. Uh, yeah, just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And I think Takumi's response here um, is, I think, indicative of him in, in a number of ways. Uh, one, he's very focused on himself throughout this argument um, and, you know, the damage control, uh, not really thinking of Hachi's actual feelings in this situation, even if it would, you know, and, and Jun and Kyosuke are going to like, in the way that is actually talking to Hachi, be like, no, it is actually a bad idea to go put yourself in this situation right now. But Takami is not really saying that either. Is basically just being like, this doesn't 
do you, this doesn't have anything to do with you. Um, your feelings don't have like, anything to do. Yeah. Or that's like factoring it or that's already been like calculated and he just doesn't like think or bother to like com- care to communicate all of that. To yeah. Her. Um, but one of the bigger things here, uh, is also that as this like fight explodes, um, the ways that he specifically responds are in ways that make his badness an inevitability. Um, it is like the father was bad. And so the baby would grow up bad too. I'm bad because my dad, my father was bad. I'm the perfect example of this. Like there's an inevitability there, um, that he's then applying to this like inevitability for the child as well. Um, and you know, you should just like do child support and leave. Uh, all of this is also like abusive tactics, mm-hmm. whether or not he's doing it intentionally, which I think there's like, some of this is mixed up in his own issues that he has about like his family life and everything. But also some of that is he grew up in an abusive home and is continuing to operate in abusive ways. Like the fact that abuse often comes from like history of abuse or like familial you know, patterns of abuse yeah, uh, does not make it not like abuse. <laughs> reactive response. Yes. Um, and so it specifically puts it in this position where Hachi then has to prove that he can be good, that this is a relationship that she would want to like be a part of it. Like it is very specifically this like sudden pushing away of, Oh, just go back to like taking the money and, and go. Um, and so it is not about him having to change himself, him having to confront within himself and deal with the idea of, oh, my father was bad and that like had this effect on me, but there are ways that I could change and that I could try to be a good father. Um, he's not like engaging in any of that thing that people who, you know, grew, grew up in some sort of abusive household. There's a thing often when you are like a parent of talking about breaking the cycle, trying to do the things to break the cycle and to not just continue to pass that down. Um, even if you like, don't fully succeed. Um, it's, it's putting it entirely on Hachi to be the one to prove that he, he could change or he could be good or that this is incorrect. Um, and so this is like, you know, another example of this like sort of abusive uh mode that the relationship is in yeah yeah and either either like putting the onus on her to make it right or to like accept it and there and thereby <laughs> still like making it not his fault or not his problem yeah and while he's still offering to pay child support there is also still this way that like she has an apartment here now. This is like a pulling out of that support still. There's like yeah. way other forms of support that he's now basically saying, Oh, you should just go to your parents' house. Um, yeah. And, you know, and also like there, how can I articulate this? Um, he's reducing it to this transactional thing again. Whereas, like, we know that Hachi, like, she doesn't just want money at this point. Like, Hachi has, like, an emotional investment and, like, emotional commitment. She wants to 
at this point to like pursue a family with Takumi and like continue this relationship. But then like his response here just completely, (laughs) it, it reduces every, like it can be true that he is like being abusive. Hachi that Hachi is like upset with him because he's doing something wrong but that her being upset like and wanting and not like accepting that <laughs> doesn't preclude her from also like wanting to continue in the relationship she just wants to like continue in the relationship under better conditions uh and he's like he's making it all or nothing where it's like oh well <laughs> uh if you feel that way then like you obviously just like don't want anything to do with me, which is like, that's not true. <laughs> uh, but it like, it foists this uh, like absolute situation upon her that like creates yeah. even more pressure, but also like flattens out her, like it erases her feelings in this conversation uh, when like she's trying to, express like herself and what she's feeling. Uh, and that in and of itself is like abusive. Yeah. Um, and whether that's like talking again, it routes back to all of the questions you posed, which is like, is this calculated, uh, like purely calculated. This is talking to me aware that he's doing all of this, or is it just like, his reactive you know, his reaction is still abusive, but is it just this reactive thing where he's like uh lashing out with his own, from his own like anxieties or whatever? Yeah. Um but yeah. Um then there's the, the conversation in the car um with uh June and Hachi. Um and, you know, one key thing here is Hachi, you know, fully admitting that she does just love Takumi, wants to marry Takumi because she loves him. Um, and, uh, you know, June has this thing of, you know, this is much better than using money or the baby to rationalize your decision. Um, but now Hachi's sort of revealing this. I I do love Takumi, but now I'm wondering why I continue to fall in love with these self-centered people who like aren't going to be good to me. Why is it that I can't fall in love with the people who value me? Um, and you know, Shoji and Nobu and also Asano are also sort of being talked about in, in all of this. Um, all of these sort of being like phrased as, as relationships that are in some way over. Um, but, you know, Shoji and Nobu being people who, who actually valued her or took, took care of her in some way. Um, and then, you know, we, we get at the end of this thing, uh, a, a key, like, who's the other person, you know, we can do the, oh, <laughs> somebody <laughs> uh, who might run the, the line, who might like thread that needle between uh self-centered jerk, but also values you. Nana, uh-huh. not coming up here. 
uh, as, you know, um, the person who, who, this other relationship, but it's because she's in the car going to see On the way there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's specifically like, I just really want to see her leaving notes and letters don't work. I want to apologize to her and make up. Uh, I was just about to go over there and then I'm like, no, you can't. The paparazzi are there. Uh, but also this is key of like, we saw all the work that, that, um, Nana had to come to, to realize that she needed to go and try to apologize. And she was, you know, the one in that situation who I, I think had to do more of the apologizing for everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, even thinking that Nana and the rest of Blast is absolutely pissed at her, that like Nana wants nothing else to do with her because breaking the glasses and everything, uh, is still going to be like, I, I, I don't want to be fighting with Nana. I want to just go and apologize and make up. Yeah. So Hachi will continue to, to be this person. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> to your point there, one of the notes I had made, actually at this exact juncture is that uh, it's notable throughout the chapters that uh, even though they keep being prevented from reconnecting, uh, we see again and again that the passion of Hachi and Nana for one another uh, continues. Uh, And I thought it reminded me of the invisible string uh, that we talked about last time i believe yeah um akai this isn't yeah. it may have been the time before because that that episode's out yeah 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 but in in ray in ray Riz song obviously yeah uh so we have the invisible string another instance where a major theme is like seems to be operative uh but not evoked uh specifically yeah um let's see uh we so we get the quick thing of of nana sort of learning um because (laughs) like search is outside (laughs) yeah they show up at her door um but uh this is just sort of a brief interlude um and I think that there's also this interesting thing happening here where, um, as it's gone on, like at the very beginning, June is like the friend who has all the answers. Right. Um, and there are like moments as that goes on where she's like admitting more and more that she doesn't entirely know, but she's just projecting confidence. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and this is the part where she's just fully like, I, I don't know what to do. Kyosuke, take the phone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, this has gone beyond what I can do with my already living sort of an old married life. <laughs> yeah. And Kyosuke uh, puts his foot in his mouth right away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, your marriage is probably going to be on hold too because of this. Yeah. If tra- trapness is in the middle of such a scandal, won't your marriage be put on hold too? <laughs> yeah. But then eventually, uh, starts thinking, thinking things through, uh, with Hachi about like her c- convinces her not to go to see Nana uh, because of like, Oh, here's all these knock on consequences. If you show up there and then the media uh, and then the paparazzi like catch wind of you being involved and all these things are going to happen. Like 
it would be bad for uh be really hard on you and the baby and so on and so forth. Um, and then Hachi like remembers talking to me um, saying, kind of asking her to stay out of it uh, and seems to just dis- decipher that Takumi had probably thought about this uh, yeah. and is why he, he wants her to stay out of it or part of the reason why uh, at yeah. least. Uh, but Kiyosuke is uh, also is like, oh, Nana will be okay. She's mature and she has her bandmates. Uh, so she'll be okay. So Kiyosuke assumes this and then Ran also assumes this later. Uh, yeah. And they're they're both wrong. <laughs> yeah, of, of course, we, we have seen the ways that despite... Uh, like, I think a thing that also is you get more of Nana's perspective throughout these uh like as the the comic goes on um is in an outward way nana projects more maturity than hachi uh but inwardly like hachi has actually done more of that work and matured um you know especially in the volumes that we've seen that was like part of her arc uh mm-hmm. across like especially the first seven volumes um and Nana still has these ways that, um, and you know, a lot of it is like portrayed as realistically, uh, a part of trauma has these ways that she is still childish. Um, so yeah, there, there's definitely, uh, she de- definitely needs more people reaching out to her than she's having right now, but also Hachi going there probably would be a mistake. That is, that is probably correct. Yeah. Um, both can be true. <laughs> yeah. And it's tra- like, again, another part of the tragedy that they, that both are true. Yeah. Uh, so I think we can skip over the, the scene with uh, Kawano. Yeah. We, we kind of brought up the main thing there. Um, we can talk about it more when uh, Kawano shows up next chapter, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we get Yasu showing up. Uh, yeah. To... Rescue Nada again. Uh, this fantastic line where the paparazzi shove a mic in his face and he says, if you've got the time to trample on other people's gardens, then why don't you make your own flowers bloom? Um, which, you know, either was just popular enough in Japan um, or Yazawa I really liked because you can buy an acrylic stand of Yasu saying this. Um, and also I, I recently finally got the line sticker packs for like Nana, um, and Yuzawa Ai's other stuff. Uh, and there's also a sticker of this. So nice. <laughs> uh, apparently it is yeah, Yasu's like iconic line. Yeah. Um, which you sent to me uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, it looks great. Whoever did the sticker pack. Nice job. I mean, I think, I think Yuzawa Ai did the art for it as part of the exhibition. Oh, they just like, Okay. Cool. Yeah, she just she just did the um, a lot of the the like, you know, smaller drawings for it. But mm-hmm. um, that exhibition was like part of some drawings that she had been doing and like trying to do a return to. I'm sure that there was a certain degree of uh, you know, assistance helping with the especially the sticker stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, um, well, they look great. Uh, but uh, so. We, we can maybe like briefly talk about this this line because I think it also ties into 
this idea we were talking about with the paparazzi. We don't mm-hmm. have to go super deep, but like very specifically this, um, the idea of making your own flowers bloom. That is the like, uh, artistic human side of things. Um, and what the paparazzi focus on is trampling on other people's gardens. Yeah. Um, and what they're, <clears throat> what they're trying to destroy is like, yeah, the if if we take the analogy further, uh, if they're like trying to destroy these artists who are expressing again, like you said, um, humanity, uh, like some form of resistance to capitalism uh, through their artistry uh, and whatnot. Um, then the manga, is, or at least Yasu, is suggesting that this is something that, uh, like, everyone needs <laughs> uh, to be doing, or it could be valuable for everyone. Um, but yeah, I, again, figuring the paparazzi as like this destructive force. Yeah, which we get a lot of. Um. <clears throat> And also there's this, I mean, specifically trampling in other people's gardens. Uh, flower is also a thing sometimes associated with, like, love as well. Uh, there's this way that they are also, like, trampling on... Relationships. Like, Hachi cannot go see Nana right now because the paparazzi are there. There's, like, a way that they yeah. are literally trampling on that garden. <laughs> so. Yeah. And uh, when I talked at the beginning of the episode about the first page of 33... Um, this idea of trying to live without hurting other people. Uh, the paparazzi, like, w- what it does fundamentally is hurt other people. Yeah. And that's something that will uh, be developed more and more, like, uh, about the paparazzi. Uh but just like by their nature, because they are all of those things that um, uh, Kudo like talked about, they they represent these forces. Um, by their nature, that's that's just like what it does is hurt people. Um, so it's doing, <laughs> it's this uh, evil force, and in fact, I know you've said that Takumi is the. You feel he's the antagonist of the manga. Um, I think for me, the paparazzi is at least like also an antagonist, if not the primary one, Uh, because it's so like entirely and directly uh, number one represents all of these like forces that are uh, stifling the beauty of uh, humanity <laughs> uh, and its potential. Um, but then also, like, the actual, the things that the paparazzi do in the plot. I mean, we're just starting to get the, uh, we're just starting to see that kick off, but it's going to get a lot worse. Um, yeah. And of course, with Ren, with Ren's death, um, it being this, like, horrific climax. Um that the paparazzi are directly responsible, well, are culpable in, um, 
So anyway, uh, yeah. Paparazzi is an antagonist and those are, those are the reasons why. Um, also just like briefly in the, the context of this, this line from Yasu and his later actions, um, you know, we, we see like Takumi seeing Yasu say this on TV going, uh Oh, now the press will hate him. Uh, but then of course the reaction of like <laughs> the people watching it are, Oh, he's so cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Rayra and Naoki. Yeah, which does still suggest like uh, that there can there can be a a separation between like the press's opinion towards something and then the audience that watches it and what they get out of it. Um, yeah, even and if ta- it is still influenced by it. Uh, and Takumi's reaction is uh, revealing as well, <laughs> um, with him being primarily concerned with controlling the press yeah, and like just accepting their, their existence as a force and like what they are. Uh, but then primarily like being concerned with just like how he can control it. <laughs> um, which again, that's he'll continue to be that way. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, we also have, uh, this thing that I think is another key factor as we consider Takumi as a narcissist, where we get, um, you know, he's saying, we just keep doing what we've been doing and rely on our talents. As long as our album sells, we're fine. Um, Rayra says, well, well, aren't you confident? Don't you just think you're the best thing in the whole world? Uh, and Takumi responds, no, I don't, but I think you're th- that, uh, that you're the best thing in the whole world. Um, so one, uh, sort of a profession, uh, uh, confession of love, a love confession here, you might say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, also this, this one instance where it seems like they're, he places something above him, like something breaking through Takami's narcissism, um, is also this way he feels about Reira. Yeah. And we'll find out more about that a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going forward um but it is also a so cool moment <laughs> yeah right so, he's trying to come back yeah. from like being upstaged by yasu yeah um let's see uh yasu punches the uh yeah. paparazzi key key thing great. as like um nana's in this fetal position um you know, starting barricaded. To, yeah. Seems like uh, beginning to, to like have another panic attack. Yeah. And specifically, you know, the thought we get here of, I never wanted to become a household name as Ren's stupid girlfriend. Um, key, key part of her reaction to this. Um, you know, her, her core issue with this being the spin of, Oh, here's Ren's girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Yasu once again comes in to save Nana, um, as he so often does. Uh, and of course we see like Nana's reaction here. Um, think about your career ability. She, yeah, yeah, she reacts by this, uh, familiar pattern where she's like, kind of well, a- the, acts the like a hard ass 
yeah, the immediate facial reaction, which is that like sort of childlike um, moment that we've seen her sometimes have uh, of like how one at once there's like some sort of trauma thing happening, but also this is like a Yasu here is to some degree, probably a healing force for her. Yeah. There's like a Um, a happy cry element in this as well of like Um, relief mixed with just like that spiking intensity of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the it you know the page before, like right after the, I think it's even before the door is opened. Oh get yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You you like really get that reaction, and then once he's there, it's like you know smack him upside the head, you idiot! What the hell are you doing? Think about your career, Baldy. Um, and yeah, there is a bit of a happy cry, but there's also she's putting on more of a reaction here to to hide that immediate facial reaction she had. Yeah. Um. But, uh, and then of course there's this, you know, now I can like fully gamble everything. Like <laughs> I, I, we, we quickly learn Yasu never going to be a lawyer. We learned this from Mari. I've brought this up before, but we finally get it in the, the volume. Um, but you know, yeah, now it's like, well, to, um, I think he, he's Yasu put his later's... cards on the table here. Yeah, exactly. He's put his cards <laughs> yeah. on the table. Uh, we can probably assess this whole thing at the end of the chapter yeah. um, 36. Yeah. It's a more convenient moment. Um, but uh, we get the uh, bit here with Ren. Um, and again, uh, oh, what's the name of this? Is it Kinoshita? Is this Kinoshita? Yes. Yeah. Um, who comes with orders from the agency to get on the afternoon flight to the UK. Um, and Kinoshita is also sort of doing this like, hey, don't you want to stay to defend your girlfriend? Like, I'm not going to stop you if you're going to like try and fight back about this. Um, and Ren's reaction is one, like, Nana has too much pride. I there's ways that this is like him perhaps rationalizing to some extent, but like Nana has too much pride. If I'm defending her in public, she'll be even more miserable. Um, You know? Yeah. Thinking like genuinely, that isn't what she would want. Yeah. Um, But then also is, uh, you know, he says, uh, why do you always just do what the agency tells you to um, and says, no, she really is like that. Um, but then, uh, of course, is towing the company line still. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my and band shares this goal and responsibility. I have to protect, uh, or what I have to protect now isn't my old friends or past bandmates. Yeah. Um, and expounding on his his view of Trap Nest, which he alluded to in the prior conversation with Kinoshita, but now he's like, again, to use the same turn of phrase, cards on the table, um, that Trap Nest isn't just Takumi's empire, it's a corporation involving the agency, record company, and other companies. I can't just do whatever I want anymore. Uh, So, there's, we can think about this for 
uh, for Ren's character development. Um, but then there's also the way that the the walls of capitalism and the way that it <clears throat> structures and limits your life. Um, Ren is aware of like all of these um, all of these constraints on him now that he's part of like that he's part of trap nest and then by extension part of this whole like capitalist complex. Um, and he has a strange, uh, the fact that he responds to this by like internalizing the responsibility of maintaining it <laughs> is really strange. Yeah. Um, but it's also this like indication of the choice that he's made and continues to make of he has to protect trapness. Um, he has to focus on the, you know, the dream he has to play for Rera. Um, that is more important than even Nana who here gets situated as like old friends or past bandmates. Yeah. Rather than like actively currently his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I do think that's, um, the undercurrent that, Maybe what's really of concern is not it's not the agency or record company or uh, other companies. It's that like the specific people <laughs> relying on the continued existence of Trap Nest. Uh, most of all, Rayra. Yeah. Um. But uh, we of course get all of them pressuring. Uh, you know, asking not all sorts of questions about Ren as, as they leave the apartment, the paparazzi here. Um, and we specifically get this, like, again, sort of washed out, like, um, all the blacks have, have turned to, to like a gray here. Um, where Nana seems to be thinking of, you know, her and Hachi together, um, like basically on a, I, is this like the picnic or something? I don't, I wasn't able to find the like specific panel that this is from. Um, uh, I, I think so. It's not the fireworks, is it? Um, yeah, we'll have to, I'm not we'll have sure. to check, uh, yeah. later. Um, I kind of like felt <laughs> when I was reading through my brain was just like, this is the fireworks scene. Yeah. Uh, but that's probably not right. Um, it does give you that, like, Eva. I mean, it's on the that uh, on the river, um, which is a, a key scene here as well. That's um, sort of tied into everything. Um, I feel like this isn't the actual moment of the fireworks, though, because Hachi's not wearing the yukata. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, well, nonetheless. Sort of, a, a memory of them being together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when they're like one comment, uh, she thinks I won't let you scumbag, uh, scumbags ruin it. Um, it being the relationship with Hachi seemingly. Um, Cause that's what she's thinking of when she then says, just watch me Hachiko. I'm going to make your dreams come true. Um, and then we get the, I hope you appear on TV a lot so I can see you sing. Um, 
Uh, this, of course, becomes a funny thing where everyone's wondering who Hachiko is and if it's uh, not his pet dog, which <laughs> I guess is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll point out, because I just noticed it, is uh, we get Nana's um, thoughts in, in this moment no, prior yeah. to this, uh, where she's like, uh, the paparazzi are like, Ren refuses to comment. What do you think about that? And, and uh, she thinks to herself, I don't have to say anything. Ren knows me well, and I understand the situation he's in. I'm not going to make things any worse. Uh, so even as like Ren is making this decision to not defend her, uh, the two components to that decision, which is, number one, his assumptions about what Nana would want, and then number two, the allegiance to Trap Nest. Um, it's interesting to see Nana almost confirming like it's the wrong idea, but Ren and Nana still <laughs> both have the, that idea in a way. Yeah. Uh, that like, Oh yeah, no, I don't need Ren to like come rescue me. And Ren is like, yeah, no, she'd hate that. <laughs> she doesn't need me. <laughs> but like, that's their relationship right now <laughs> yeah uh that's just like that's the problem yeah um also the the hachi as a dog <laughs> wag wag um watching it is, yeah you know one of those cute moments um so should we move on to the next chapter yeah let's do it so start of chapter 35 here. Um, I don't know if there's a, a specific place you want to jump in. Um, yeah, we get another kind of like panorama, uh, which we got one before, but uh, 34 and 35 both start with these like panoramas of, 34 is the other characters we know. And now 35 is uh, just like just people around Japan that aren't uh, really characters. Um, And I think again, emphasizing uh, just like how widespread um, this story is, um, how big of a deal it is. Uh, But then like, in chapter 35 seeing how people's like how strong people's feelings and opinions have become uh and like how contingent they are on the media on the image uh that is presented to them so like uh we get the the young girls being like, <clears throat> uh, oh, Nana, Ren's girlfriend, what's she like? She's a total bitch. <laughs> uh, which is like exactly what the, I mean, that's the media story that's that's going out there. Uh, but now yeah. they just, ha- we see char- the people around Japan like having such a, uh, like feeling so strongly uh, like adopting this uh, thought 
Uh, and then later, uh, are you talking about Ren Honcho? I'm a big fan of his ever since I saw his canned coffee commercial. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think it's just Yozawa Ai also showing the power of uh, like celebrity and the images um, that are like constructed and sold uh, as part of that. Yeah. Um, process there's also in this i'm i'm sure like especially at this point i don't know if this is at all uh even an intentional thing also it's been a while since i've like looked at images of the the friend from later on uh but one of the girls who's sitting there uh specifically saying yasu uh the bass player now he's really cute um i think this might be uh, what is it? Chikage, I think is her name. The friend of the real Misato Uehara, who I think likes Yasu, if I remember correctly. Oh, it's possible really? that this is her. I, I don't know for sure. Um, We'll have to see. We'll um, check when we get there. Yeah, we'll check when we get there. But it's possible that this is a, a little seed of like, you know, when when the real Misato Uehara and her friend are learning about <laughs> Blast as part of this. The real um, Misato Uehara. Yeah. Which <clears throat> I'm just going to... I'm just going to put it that way. I know there are some people who have not finished Nana and are, are we've still already, kind of reading along. We've already got across the Rubicon on spoilers. We, we've spoiled a lot of things. I don't think we've spoiled who the actual real Misato Uehara is. Yeah. We've revealed that our Misato, that's not a real name. But we have not revealed that there is a, re- a real one and that is approximately this age. Yeah. It's a real so, uh, Takenochi, mass Takenochi type situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on. There's the scene at Gaia. There, it's uh, Kawano and uh, Matsuo. They're saying, yeah. they're talking about how things are going to move forward. Uh, reckoning with the fact that Gaia had a hand in this. Um, we we do Misato, get... Masked Misato is back. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this also the where we get the thing where um, Kawano, there is that like, we're sorry we didn't give you a, your Yasuo a heads up. I know that comes up at some point. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's here. Okay. Yeah. But uh, Misato is back and. Uh, yeah, she came to basically uh, be in the same hotel where the rest of Blast is, is holed up to hide out from the paparazzi. And she is the one who can go out and do runs if they need snacks, basically. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, Misato coming back here. It wasn't until a little bit later in the chapter that I realized this, uh, but I really, uh, it really hit me this chapter, just like how much Misato plays a similar role for Nana that Hachi does. Yeah. Uh, and we got that parallel pretty strongly with like Hachi being jealous of Misato and all that, um, several volumes ago, but yeah. Uh, 
it's it just seems notable to uh point that out here because um it's coming up again yeah um we also get um i'm trying to find the specific thing where it comes up um are you looking for nobu's monologue um no, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. I, I'm okay. just, like, checking the stuff. I don't know if there's parts that you want to also talk through in here, but... Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's before... Uh, I'm pretty sure it happens before Hachi calls Takumi. Oh, okay. Um, But we get this bit of uh, Nana, in some ways, talking about, like... Uh, here, I think this is where it comes up, where, um, you know, oh, I'll use says, as much as I can. Yeah. Um, yeah, we basically get this. Uh, I'll use around as much as I can. Like, I already threw out my stupid pride. Now that I've been put in this situation, I'll use run as much as I can. I promised myself I'd do anything to climb up the music biz ladder and get so high that uh, no one can look down on me. Um, and. I think this is this is like one. There's a certain amount of this might be rationalizing to some degree what's happening and why she's going to continue to like pursue this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Putting on a face, but, yeah. But in the in the way that we've already gotten, like, I, I think there's this parallel happening, or that's like starting to be drawn here of like Hachi felt like she was using Takami to have the baby. Um, that's that was like only a part of or uh, to some degree a rationalization of everything that was happening um but was also a thing that she felt and that she was deal like her approach to what was happening there and nana is also having this like you know hachi's dream was uh to be like to have this motherhood be a thing that she like has that she can can move into um in some ways like last section of you know, arc of, of Hachi is like, she has all of these ideas of the normal heteronormative life that she wants. Um, and as that, those like ideas become tested, one of the things that she lands on of like, this part does feel core to who I am and that I want to pursue, even if it means sacrificing these other ideas is like motherhood and being a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we get this dream of being, you know, a, a punk rock star that, um, that Nana has. And also this, like, and I will use Ren to do that. Um, so, uh, of course there's other ways that this is, as we said, seems to be a rationalization of other feelings that she's having. But, um, I think a certain parallels being drawn there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and an evolution of, uh, the way that she's thinking about an, an evolution of this idea that she has. Yeah. Uh, her like her dream and then the the way it's mixed up with with Ren uh, whereas before it's like oh I have this dilemma I can't reconcile these feelings uh, and now that this situation has changed and she's in this um, <clears throat> this new position uh, there's like a, a new thought here which is that uh, oh, okay well now Ren is subordinate like 
I've moved forward in this dilemma. <laughs> and the way to move forward is like Ren is subordinate to the to the goal. Uh and now I can just do this goal. And I'll have another motivation. Uh which is going to be like Hachi watching me. And yeah. Hachi gets mixed up in it now. <clears throat> um we of course immediately get some of what she said being complicated where she's like, you know, I've given up on my pride. Um and Nobu's like, what happened to our pride? And Yasu's saying, Nana gains pride in facing adversity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, she wants to get big and shove it in the public's face since she had a hard life. Yeah. Um, like this statement in and of itself, like, is her pride. Yeah. Like, I, I threw out my stupid pride. <laughs> now I'm going to become the biggest <laughs> music star ever and no one can look yeah. down on me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we get a little bit more, too, of the, like, uh, you know, Nobu doesn't want to just make the the music that the label wants to make. Yasu's like, this kind of is part of being a big label, uh, part of a big label. Nobu, know? I told you. <laughs> <laughs> we got to try and make it as an indie, then maybe we have a little bit more control over the big <laughs> label. <laughs> I literally um, said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, of course, he's also revealing... Oh, they must have contacted Gaia ahead of time. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't have mentioned the name. Like, they needed to confirm this stuff. Um, so, at the very least, Gaia knew before the piece went out and didn't tell us. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a certain <clears throat> spreading around. Uh, and yeah, we get the line of there's no justice in this world. <laughs> um, yeah. There's uh, a couple of good lines here. I think it's also significant that Yasu is saying. You know, as Nobu's uh, talking about, you know, lately everything in my life's been hard to accept, Yasu, then I guess you're f- uh, figuring it out. There's no justice in this world. Um, I think it's key that Yasu will say this to Nobu when it seems like he wants to try to. He's aware of the way that, like, Nana and Shin grew up with that feeling of there being no justice and wants to try to shield them more from this. Whereas Nobu is like, you grew up like in a wealthy family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to like take the other tactic with you and be like, you know, um, this is what you need to hear right now. Yeah. Uh, capitalism sucks. If you really can't take it, just go back and like be a rich boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Like it, you need to, uh, come to grips with this soon because it's being foisted upon us and, uh, you don't have a choice. Like, if we're going to go forward as a band, uh, there's really no no choice anymore but to, like, come to grips with, uh, yeah, like, the label screwed us over, and, like, this is what being on a label is, and you're just never going to be able to escape that, like, exploitation yeah. and yada yada. Um, We also get uh, Nana watching Ren on TV, just silently walking, you know, being rushed through the lobby. Um, and I think this is a, a significant because we've we've gotten both Ren and Nana sort of affirming this like, um, you know, we even talked last time internal monologue from from Nana of like, oh, you know, I don't need to convey anything to Ren. We both understand. Uh, but here. There is this revealing of there's still something like um, traumatizing or or there may still be a misunderstanding. 
yeah, misunderstanding yeah. and also this this way that this is still like triggering some sort of neglect feeling that Nana has of seeing Ren being rushed silently through the lobby at uh, Narita made me feel kind of left behind and abandoned again. I don't know where Ren's going. I don't know what he's doing. All our talk about living in that warehouse district someday now seems like just a distant dream. Uh, that's even less likely to come true than my dream of making it as a singer. Um, and then, of course, that goes immediately into Hachi's face. Uh, ideas of making it as a singer is becoming fused in some way of like winning Hachi back. Uh, you know, there's the dream of buying the house someday, which is if she makes it as a singer. Um, all of that. Uh, so yeah. there's also this certain supplanting that's happening. Well, and also segueing into a scene where Hachi is um, trying to figure out a way <laughs> to go see Nana and support her. Yeah. And like do the exact thing that Nana is struggling with Ren not doing. Uh, yeah. So some, some meaning there, perhaps. Um. good bits of humor here of uh you know go back to your family's house junko saying it's best uh it's the best thing for everyone involved um how long are you gonna <laughs> stay here <laughs> yeah uh and then uh i don't want to not when nana left me such a sweet encouraging message that message was encouraging <laughs> um yeah and then we see the portrait later uh wait was that the first hold on no, yeah, we, we we don't see it. There it is, uh, on that same page. Uh, oh yeah, the the Hachiko drawing. Yeah, where she's doing a portrait of Hachi, and it's a dog. Yeah, yeah that that got a laugh out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I think the the bigger thing here is this phone call with um, Takumi and Hachi. Um, of course, Hachi's in this mode of like thinking about Nana and how much of a hard time she's having, um, all of that, wanting to help out, uh, and then going, oh, I should also call Takumi. Um, mm-hmm. And in the midst of this phone call, we get uh, Takumi's London lady, Stella, introduced. Um, so this idea of Takumi's infidelity um, is sort of brought up. Uh, but in this case, at least, the name Stella, which uh, Rayra is going to write in order to tease Takumi, uh, Takumi will will eventually erase when he's saying, uh, you know, I'll get you an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we, we get the like, you know, Takumi, is something wrong? Uh, oh, I just wanted... Uh, to say I'm sorry, I said mean things to you this morning, but I meant them. <laughs> and then just like this morning, like thinking about everything that's happened. Uh, and then his his thought is just like dog yapping at him. And he's just like, shut up. Yeah, this is kind of yeah. funny as well. Yeah, there's a humor, but is also a bit revealing about Takami and, you know, uh, the mode that he was in throughout all of that, which is he truly wasn't focused on that conversation. Yeah. Um, then we have another <laughs> hilarious panel with Junko and Hachi. 
uh, where like <laughs> Hachi's like melodrama is uh, yeah. is under is like highlighted, literally highlighted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I just wanted to say sorry. Also, sorry for bothering you when you're busy with stuff. Uh, hangs up, like sad, sorrow, like uh, yeah, um, s- sobbing in like the dramatic pose under the spotlight with Junko just yeah. like having this <laughs> this expression uh, of like totally unimpressed. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, <laughs> it yeah, rings the, and she, like, picks up, like, happy. It's drawn uh, humorously, like, the eyes yeah. that Hachi draws. Yeah, and then Junko, the like, hitting her as yeah. she's, like, exploding into the. Yeah. Yeah, happiness at the, like, <laughs> the callback that she is, like, melodramatically <laughs> staging and, and wanting. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is a, a funny sequence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think one of the, the key things, I mean, the go stay with your parents here is like, oh no, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. Like, you know, you'll be alone. You should, you should head there. Tell them I'm sorry. Like when I get back from, from England, we'll meet up. Um, it does ask, so what's your plan? Are you going to raise the baby at your parents' place too? Um, and Hachi says, no way. I don't want that. Uh, <clears throat> she, it, she's like able to express herself in this scene. Yeah. Um, notably. Um, but again, Takami put it on her to be the one to say, no, we can still have a happy family. Um, yeah. And wipe away the, uh, the valid, <laughs> uh, complaint that, that she had. Um, yeah. but then, uh, to Hachi's credit, she doesn't, completely lie down uh she also in in this strange way of communicating that uh hachi and takumi are are beginning to develop um she slides in at the end uh but please compromise a little so the kid turns out okay um so uh reiterating uh and this much like uh, softened and uh, less direct way, <clears throat> but nonetheless reiterating to talk to me um, the need like for him to change something. Yeah. Uh, and then talk to me is like, okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, before she says this, we get him kind of like uh, playfully touching the, the Stella that um Rayra wrote but then um you know when he says i'll bring you back something from england uh and he says or she says a diamond ring um that's when he then erases you know <laughs> with his hand stella off of the window mm-hmm. um so at least some sign of uh a t- at least a tempering of his infidelity we'll see how that goes long term but <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> not not totally great but we we'll see yeah then we um, get this monologue from nobu uh i'll i'll just read it 
finally our dreams are coming true, but the ideals that we pursue and the reality that rushes toward us keep staring each other down. They don't get along. Apparently, people are locked into a system where you have to pay something in order to gain something. I started to realize this. The cycle of waxing and waning is pure fate. So uh, this is a great moment insofar as it ties together some of the major themes, uh, specifically the idea of dreams, which we've just talked about a lot, uh, capitalism and transactional relationships, and also fate. Uh, This feels like one of those moments, not to do another tangent, but uh, like we were talking about off pod, I recently went to this screening of uh, the William Friedkin film Sorcerer, and there's there's one line uh, early on in the film when it happens, like when the line came up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's like they're doing something with that line. Like, that's the theme of the movie. (laughs) Uh, And then later, after I finished watching it, like I went home and I was reading about the movie afterwards and there was an interview with William Friedkin where he was like, oh, yeah, that line. Like, we put that line in there because we that was the theme of the movie. <laughs> and uh, this is like one of those moments where this just feels like Ayazawa just giving us a little capsule of here's like some of the major themes that I'm concerned with. And here's how like one way they're tying together. Uh, so this is a, a great moment here. Yeah. Um, it's also starting to tie into the moon, which is going to become an important image um, in the manga. Yeah. So it's also setting something up more for the future in this moment. Yeah. Well, there you go. <clears throat> um, I don't think we need to flesh out the connections here because I think we can stand on a lot of what we've said already with that. Yeah. Um, we do get, uh, the conversation here between Nana and Nobu, um, and specifically there's, uh, so this part of, um, you know, I feel bad for you, but I just can't erase Hachi from my story. They're talking about like, uh, Nobu's story where he's tormented by girls named Nana, um, and Nana says, I feel bad for you. I just can't erase Hachi from my story. Um, and Nobu says, she doesn't seem to disappear from my story either, but I'm probably gone from Hachi's story by now. Um, and then this immediately leads into the moon that sort of uh, is hanging above both of them in this moment. Uh, like, you know, Nana and Nobu, uh, but then also Hachi looking up at it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I just want to say... Um... This is a really beautiful illustration uh, on this page, bottom left, of Hachi. Yeah. Um, uh, that's all. I just want to pause uh, to highlight s- certain illustrations uh, from time to time that stand out to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, in it here, Hachi says, hey, June, look, the moon's so beautiful tonight. Um 
and then uh uh but it's not totally full yet i wonder when it'll be a full moon um <laughs> throughout this june's just being like are you staying here are you gonna go do i have to tell kiosuke <laughs> but hachi's just in her little thoughts here um but uh june i think that the night of the full moon was the happiest time in my life um and june's like what night of the full moon I thought that I had everything I wanted. My heart was uh, full of hopes and dreams and my future was shining. I'll never be fulfilled by happiness like that again. The kind with no shadows. Um, what, what do we think the, the night of the full moon was? <clears throat> I think this is the fireworks, right? I think so. Yeah, I think... Uh, well, that's my fast reaction just from memory. It's, yeah, uh, I think that's what she's referencing. Um, yeah. And the reason why is because I'm remembering, uh, the, like the closing monologue of that, um, that chapter, I think it's an, an end of volume chapter. So it's like the, the end of the volume as well. Um, but it's just, it's very, that monologue is very similar to, uh, to this di- like dialogue here. Yeah. Um, so they seem to be bookending. Yeah. I might, uh, in between, like before next episode, look through and see if I can find other full moons, what nights they could be. But yeah, my, my first inclination as well was that it was the night of the, the fireworks. Um, and I know looking at, so like, um, one of the things that I, I was doing shortly before we recorded was I was trying to pull up, um, some images of like the, the manga. And I was having trouble finding specifically like, all the panels of the fireworks, but I'm going to, I'm going to send this in chat. Um, I did find this Tumblr post that is, uh, during the fireworks, uh, and you can see the moon, um, sort of, especially there, like behind Inanna throughout this. So, Mm, yeah. So this is from the anime. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go uh, back. We'll uh, we'll study this off pod. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back next time and uh, we'll probably start off with a either uh, a I'll check in or, about yeah about exactly. full moons that have happened previously. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, gonna have our, um, our werewolf moment. <laughs> uh. So then, for me, the the main thing that I wanted to um, talk about here, yeah, is the well what immediately follows. <laughs> so the conversation with Nobu and Nana, and Nana is like, <clears throat> well, they're talking about Hachi, of course. Uh, Nobu is having a hard time letting go, and Nana is like. Oh, you don't have to let go. Just follow my plan. Operation Get Hachiko Back. Uh, when she returns to my yard, you can meet with her. Uh, and 
then we uh, cut back to um, June and Hachi, but we'll move past that to, well... The actual what the plan is? <clears throat> well, there's more... Hmm. Uh, maybe I just misremembered this scene. Uh, I think this like culminates later on. Uh, and so maybe I'll just have to save my, my thoughts until then. But, uh, yeah, I mean already, so there's the plan where. Yeah, we we get the, my plan is simple to show Hachi our super sweet dreams and Astro Blast. We just have to keep our cool. And look really cool, at least in Hachi's eyes. That way she'll come back for sure. Uh, That cold-blooded man who takes her for granted. He'll never make our little Hachi happy. Uh, I think think you were thrown off because the actual plan gets overlaid over um, images of them signing the contract with Gaia. Yep, you're exactly right. Uh, And thanks for finding that. Uh, So, yeah, you just read it. Um, So... The thing that stands out to me here, uh, well, first of all, we're kind of slipping back uh, into the same dynamic uh, with uh, Nobu and Hachi and Nana, um, where Nana is like has this idea of manipulating to uh, get Hachi back into her kingdom, and so there's a return of this like way of thinking about Hachi from Nana um, that again, it, it has the problems that we, we talked about before. Uh, and then along with that, there's this assumption that she'll just come back. <laughs> yeah. uh, like the plan is we just have to keep our cool and look really cool, at least in Hachi's eyes. That way she'll come back for sure. Uh, and also so the, part of the plan is um, Takumi can't make her happy. And so, you know, that's also part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and a good point that that shouldn't be overlooked. Um, but what's missing in this whole train of thought, again, <laughs> is any like consideration or accounting for Hachi's real feelings. Uh, I don't like, and I don't say that in a way that I'm, I'm not assuming malice on Nana's part. Um, but it's just that like the only consideration to that extent is talking to me, can't make her happy. And there's nothing further. (laughs) There's just the assumption that like Hachi's going to come back if I do this. Uh, when in reality, like, as the reader with we're seeing all the stuff that Hachi is going through <laughs> all of her emotions. And uh, like at this very time, she's insisting that she wants to like have this family with Takumi and that she loves Takumi. Um, and uh, so there's a disconnect. And I think like the arrangement of the scenes uh the way that they're concurrent and then contradictory um, shows, shows us that as the reader. And then it makes us think about 
the way that Nana is um, overlooking this uh, with like, as a consequence of the, um, the separation that they're having that like it now that Hachi's gone, um, Nana in a way is like struggling with um, these like, or even more so struggling with these same like uh, negative impulses that she was having before. Uh, Like it's all coming back, but like even more so um, in a way. Yeah. Um, Well, we also get, uh, so as part of this, there's the, I'm the hero of the Hachiko show. Um, And I think this, the the like monologues that happen in the middle of the chapter, I think we are more often inclined or are expected to believe are or you know these like thought bubbles are like part of what's currently happening, the current action. Um, and so uh, this seems like part of the plan as well. I'm the hero of the Hachiko show. Mm-hmm. Um, we then get um, you know images of. Uh, the announcement, it's going to be October 31st, Halloween. Uh, Blackstones will drop the debut single. Uh, this is also when uh, Trapness single is going to be released. So further setting up the, the you know, rivalry be- between the two. Uh, but then we get this voiceover, which is the end of the chapter. Um, and thus, I think we are meant to expect this to be, you know, the future position. The, mm-hmm. the Nana who is uh, hiding in the UK has been missing. Um, and in contrast to I'm the hero of the Hachiko show, she says, hey, Hachi, I can't be the hero in your story. I can't do it anymore. Uh, but the heroine's name in my story is still Nana, the cute Nana you. Um, so also indicating there's some sort of uh, shift that has happened in between where Nana has realized the, the, this idea of being the hero and being the, um, you know, to some degree, she's making. Yeah. Are, are incorrect. There's also a certain amount, which, um, you know, Ren put the hero as the person who goes, um, anyway. Uh, and from what we kind of know about Nana in the future, um, She's, She's more struggling that. with that part uh, yeah. again, um, but has some sort of belief that, that Hachi would still be looking for. Her. Yeah. Also, sorry if there are weird noises on the mic, but Ollie came in and Ollie's the one who will always jump up on the, the um, ironing board. <laughs> That's okay. I did not do that. I, I heard them, but I didn't even register them consciously. So, uh, didn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, anyway, everything you're saying uh, is just reinforced straight away in chapter 36, mm-hmm. where uh, we basically open with every day was jam packed with band stuff. I hardly had time to sleep. I didn't have the time or energy to realize the fatal flaw in my plan. Yeah. And uh, she will expound <laughs> that later. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. We, we've got like a little bit of here, the band in, uh, London, um, Ren misses Nana's, 
uh, salty miso soup, um, which Nana is actively cooking uh, for for blast. Yeah, um, and and uh, is it Shin who hates it? Um, I think so. Yeah, because it's too salty. Um. Then, uh, I feel like there we was kind of move. Yeah, there was some a, there was a little bit in the conversation with um, Hachi and her mom. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, no, this is Hachi's sister. Oh yeah, sister. That's right. Um, uh, there's, there's at first the part with the mom, um, <laughs> where the mom is not thinking about the fact that they probably want to have sex and not be in Hachi's family home. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we get this, uh, you know, uh, Hachi sister saying, um, dad thought that being a celebrity was like being in the Yakuza, uh, but he was happy that Takumi was actually very polite and respectful. Um, and Hachi's like, oh, really? He's more of a Yakuza kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good actor. <laughs> really? If he really uh, went Yakuza, he'd take over the world. He's so cutthroat. Uh, then maybe he was given musical talent so that he wouldn't waste his energy on evil. Um, which, and then the, uh, the well, yeah, he he's still he can still do evil. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, don't worry. He's still he's still spending plenty of energy on evil. <laughs> uh, and then the the line um, showbiz seems flashy and exciting, but I bet it's also really high stress. I'm sure he needs you, a family, as a refuge where he can relax. So that's an important rule for you. Good luck. This uh, this is just a line to remember because I think there is – this is a real thing, a real aspect of uh, Takumi and Hachi's relationship. Like for yeah. Takumi uh, that we'll, we'll see more eventually um but then also immediately calls attention to this was also an important role that that she could have for nana with by the way how's nana doing have you kept in touch with her um so yeah um and then uh yeah the the dialogue pointing pointing out once again the absence or the separation between um, Hachi and Nana. And then uh, the, uh, and I think this voiceover is again, meant to be from the future because it yes. was, I was frantic. Yeah. Yep. And, and then Nana we go saying, into the voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> I was frantic to show Hachi, my singing performing self. I didn't even try to ask Hachi how she was doing. I honestly didn't want to hear about Takumi or her baby. Um, was it jealousy? Yeah. So tying together the separation and then also this is the fatal flaw in Nanda's plan that was referenced at the start of the chapter. Uh that these feelings that Nanda's having are tied to the separation. Um and also that I, I think uh uh you know, especially from the future. Again, if we are to read like further what's happening with this and the the counter to the Yuri baiting, baiting argument, 
that from the future, she thinks about how she didn't want to hear about Takami or her family and wonders if that was jealousy about like that wanting situation. that with her. Yeah. Um, or, or wanting her and then Takami takes her away. Uh, yeah. But yeah, either way. Yeah. Um, we then get uh, Rera, uh, quote unquote, identifying with Stella. Uh, but then being, you know, this idea of, oh, it doesn't seem like Takami hooked up with Stella. Um, and, uh, you know, Mari, her her handler, is like, you know, he changed his schedule for his fiance. He seemed too busy to, like, <laughs> go see Stella. Uh, and Rara says, that's not cool. Uh, that might be good for his fiance, but Stella was Takami's girlfriend long before that. I bet she was secretly dreaming of marrying Takumi someday. I feel kind of sorry for Stella. Um, and Mari's like, oh, you're still good at like identifying with other people's perspectives. And Rara's immediately like, no, I, it's not <laughs> like that I could identify with somebody else. I'm just projecting my own feelings on Stella, basically. Yeah. I'm talking about myself, and she yeah. just happens to maybe have the same feelings. Yeah. I'm able to project the feelings I'm having onto this other person. Um, so hey, re- respect. Yeah, a, a bit of a, a bit of like self clarity on Rara's part here. Um, yeah, but she also gets this email from Shin, um, and you know immediately is like hiding it from Mari. But um, yeah, <laughs> Shin, it's too salty. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, and then Nada being like, "You you asked for it. Shut up and eat." Yeah. <laughs> um, why is everything you make so salty? Uh, we also get this note here. Misato should just quit school and become our manager. Uh, I wonder how that will play out. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way, right? She yeah. couldn't possibly. Um, introdu- introduction of Ginpei here, who I fucking love. One of the best like bit characters in all mm-hmm. of Nana to me. Um, he loves Yasu so much and he's valid for it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, ready ready to fight Nada, like, all the way. Yeah. Sleeves rolled up, ready to fight Nada for Yasu. Um, this is, a, I think, a, again, a a small moment, but it is, like, telling about, um, like, it is highlighting in Nana from the future talking about, oh, was it jealousy that I had towards Hachi? Where, um, you know, Nana is saying to Ginpei, Ginpei, are you a guy? Then talk like one. And we don't need any more baldies. Um, and then him immediately responding, are you a girl? Then talk like one. And I'm not bald. I just shaved my head. Um, <laughs> which Yasu's like, hey, I just shaved my head too. Uh, but this immediate, like, Ginpei is, I think, just canonically, like, homosexual and loves Yasu. Mm-hmm. Um but immediately in him getting introduced, he's also being like, uh, hey, Nana, you're a little fruity, too. <laughs> so um, just another bit of uh, highlighting here. So Yeah. Um, I think we can move past the, uh, the discussion about the shows. Yeah. Um, Genpei uh, trying to fight Nana. We can move right to Ren and Reira's marriage. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I mean, there's also the, the, there's this like email from Shin. I don't know if we have too much to say about it. Um, I feel like the, the bigger thing in all of this is, um, this like very intentional move that Shin is having to like try and connect with, um, Rara. It's also providing in this chapter, like, uh, a space to explain what has happened in the, the, between the chapters, you know, there's been a bit of a time skip here. Um, yeah, but, uh, but, but Shin reaching out, yeah. uh, important. Um, yeah, we, we've got, uh, is, is it a, is it a wedding between, I mean, well, it's like a music video. Presum- yeah, it's well, a music video presumably. where, where Rayra is, uh, in a wedding dress, or I guess it's for the photo shoot. Um, okay. It's, yeah. 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 It's that song about the. It's the the red string song that's about the, the lack of a. Yeah. Um. And presumably, I mean, I guess at this point Takami is gone. Um. But yeah. presumably they took photos with him. Uh, but like everybody's sort of in like wedding attire here. But we mostly see Ren and Rera together. Um, yeah, I mean they appear to be a bride and groom. Yes. Um. And, uh, one, we get the, the reveal that I've brought up before, uh, where Mari explains like, uh, you know, in order to pass the bar, you have to attend the judicial research and training Institute and which one you have to, to go to is like determined by the school that you went to and everything. Um, and so you couldn't just like move to another city and go to the school there. Um, so he must be truly serious about going with the band. Like he must've been serious about this for a while, uh, which this has, we have these like dual moments of Ren and Rayra having this moment of realization. Um, you know, Ren realizing, Oh, Yasu, like Rayra's realizing Yasu said to me, I don't want to pursue being a band. I want to be a lawyer. Um, and so you should go chase this dream but we're going to break up. Um, cause I don't want, I don't want to do this dream basically. Uh, and so her having this like, so wait, why did he break up with, with me then his dream was to be a lawyer instead of doing band full time. Um, but then Ren also seems to be having this realization of Yasu would go to Tokyo for Nana. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the, so I, the first thing to say is that, um, they're they're both on different sides of the same dynamic. Yeah. Uh and like realizing together that they are. <laughs> uh yes. Ren being the one who left and then realizing the um the deeper meaning of that in this moment and then on the flip side, Vera being the one who, uh, in, in a way like was left. Um, and then realizing that fact, uh, in, in this moment as well. Yeah. Uh, there's also the bit of the twisting of the light, uh, knife of Mari kind of misunderstanding the situation. And so being like, um, 
you know, I'm sure he didn't want to give up on his dream with the band. He probably hit the reporter because he cares more about his bandmate than the law. No matter what people say, I think your boyfriend's a great person, Rara. Don't listen to their lies and cheer up. And Rara's like, my boyfriend, like, he broke up with me because he didn't yeah. want to be in a band. <laughs> yeah. And also, look how much he cares about Nana. Yeah. Because he, he punched a reporter because uh, he cares more about her than the law. Yeah. <laughs> the thing so, yeah, that he yeah. said was the dream that he wanted to pursue <laughs> <laughs> instead of be with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Ren, uh, just like total deer in the headlights. Um, it's, it's interesting. I'm looking at this panel, the one where um, Ray was saying, but Ren wasn't Yasu's dream to be a lawyer. Ren's like thousand yard stare it reminds me a lot of the way that Nana is illustrated um, in her yeah. like panic attack moments. Yeah. Um, and of course we've got Kinoshita saying, don't you want to stay and defend your girlfriend? Um, so yeah, this like awareness too of the, that Ren has seemed aware of the way that he's abandoned Nana, but is like being made to, fully be aware and confront it in this moment in the way that he's probably not always thinking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Rayra uh, realizing like, Oh, that means that Yasu like actually didn't care that much about me. And then Ren being like, wait, <laughs> does this mean that I don't care that, that much about Nana? Uh, or like enough. Um, however you want to, you want to put it. Uh, yeah that there's something he cares about more. Um, yeah. Then we get this, uh, you know, after a bit of the, the discussion. Uh, so if the band is really that important to him, he was just making an excuse to break up with me. Uh, and Ren says, no, he really wanted to be a lawyer back then. Um, damn. I just can't stick my neck out there like <clears throat> that for Nana anymore. But even so, I still love her just the same. Um, and then thinks about the, hey, Ren, what if I died? Would you die too? And he says, how did I get so dumb and cold? Uh, n- numb and cold. Or yeah, numb and cold. Um, and then, of course, in this moment, Shin then writing to Reira, if you tell me you're lonely, Reira, I'll fly to London right now or anywhere else in the world. If that'll warm your heart and body just a little, I'm there. It's not that I'm trying to be nice or anything. It's just that I'm feeling like there's nothing else important to me right now. So I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I'm sorry I've been so self-centered. Um, so, of course, Shin here being the person who will reach out to, to Ray Ray in this way. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I think this is the, the point to uh, look back at the, the context um, with Ren and Reira being dressed in uh, marriage garments. Yeah. Um, so you have the symbol of marriage uh, for like the context of the discussion, um, which it, one aspect is Ren and Reira getting closer, uh, having this emotional bond. Um, but then also like, their increasing closeness being tied to um, like some sort of distance from their, 
their primary lover or the person that like figuratively they're married to uh, or yeah. more married to. <laughs> uh, so there, there's like an irony to the, um, to the marriage symbol here. Yeah. And I mean, it, um, it's Ren and, and Nana and then it's Reira and then also kind of like Takumi and Yasu. Yasu yeah. is like the past one and Takumi is the present. Yeah. And then of course, like the idea of marriage being, uh, electing, well, this is an idea of marriage, um, that I think is operative here in this scene. Um, but having one person that you're devoted to, um, more than any other. And, uh, that's obviously what's at stake in the conversation. Um, and emotionally for both of the characters right now. So uh, the marriage symbol operating in a, uh, on a few different levels. Yeah. Um, and in response to Ren, we get Rayra. Uh, I think this is a, a important bit here to hold on to as we continue. Um, where she says, Ren, you're not a cold person. It's just that the longer you live, the heavier your baggage becomes. And it gets... Uh, harder to just do what you want. That's why you need someone else to carry that load with you. Ren, can't you be that way with your girlfriend? Um, and we don't get an answer to that, but we do get <clears throat> literally Takumi arriving home with a bunch of baggage and Hachi. <laughs> so that's a good catch. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that <laughs> on my read through. Um, and of course, we get this uh, another humorous scene of Hachi trying to find the box that has the ring. Um. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's already he snuck it into her. Yeah, he's already jacket. he's done a little magic trick. <laughs> mm-hmm. um. uh, we could read into that uh, as well. The yeah. the deceit. Uh, it's. It's a magic trick, so it's like a, a a playful romantic deceit. But yeah, you know, in the context of the of this relationship, we should note the <laughs> any instance of deceit. Yeah, I mean, he also says you weren't paying attention. That's why you're so easily duped by guys. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> So, uh, and then also immediately, cause one of the boxes was shoes. Apparently Hachi was keeping track of what was in each box. So he's like, and then this might be, uh, you know, this box with the shoes might be a good souvenir for my number one girl. And Hachi's like, number one, like, <laughs> um, and you know, since you won't be able to wear them smaller than me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then here's where <laughs> the- we get the Sachiko and Takami assumes it's the name for the baby. Yeah, the drawing again, of of Hachi just like unconscious <laughs> on her feet. <laughs> yeah, like eyes completely white. Um, but again, even this like moment of like, oh, you know, I'm gonna try and value the baby. Um, here's these shoes that I got for the baby. Um, then still couching it in this like joke of infidelity. Yeah. Um. Uh, and also his uh, Takumi's proposal. So, I mean, this is essentially, I think, yeah. s- symbolically a proposal. 
Uh, yeah, and it, specifically his proposal is, I have priorities that I just can't change. Work comes first. <laughs> that takes up over 90% of my brain. I don't really pay attention to much else. But my lady comes second. I need her to relax. I won't be able to uh, be with you much, but I won't let you have a hard life. Um, and then it's like, and also you you come second with what's left because the baby will come first. Um, yeah. So for... For all of Takumi's deceit, of which there is plenty, uh, we can't say that he's lying here. Uh, well, maybe the hard life. It, his definition of a hard life uh, is is probably different from what ours would be. Uh, but Takumi is... Uh, in his proposal is saying like, this is what the conditions <laughs> will be. This is what being with me is. Um, and pretty much maybe he doesn't lay all of it out there, uh, but says pretty plainly, like, this is what uh, I'm willing to commit to this relationship or able uh, quote unquote. And, uh, I think Hachi already knows this, but uh, he hears it directly uh, again here. So um, just another like thing for us to consider with um, Hachi's agency and like her processing this relationship and understanding it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a shitty proposal. <laughs> uh, it's pretty bad. It'd be hard. Y- but you have to... there, there's something genuine to it as well. Yeah, there is. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's why it's shitty. <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's talking is genuine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um. I also just want to note, uh, we'll talk more when Ren gets a ring for Nana, um, and about the, the things going into that, because there, there's, uh, I think we'll, we'll have lots to talk about when, when Ren chooses a ring for Nana and then gives it to Nana. Um, but I do want to note, you know, for those who don't know, he's going to get the same ring that Takumi got. Uh, Takumi had to go to London to get this ring. So it's not that Ren is just picking an easy ring. (laughs) Uh, like, just give me the ring. I'll just get it. It'll be real easy. What's the store down the road? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to highlight that Ren is intentionally seems to be choosing a difficult ring to get, <laughs> um, in order to get for Nana, the ring that Hachi has. Yeah. But we'll talk about that more when it happens. Um, just a thing to keep in mind. Um, the one other thing, which I think I briefly brought up, but you know, to, to really highlight uh, coming up at the end of this email from Shin to Reira, uh, he spent the money that Reira gave him on uh, the guitar, the acoustic guitar and the laptop. Um, and he says it's because he didn't want to spend it on himself. Um, and so specifically he's spending it. And I think this is like a Shin making this attempt to um, 
try to address some of the ways that they were hurting each other by saying, like, you gave me this money. I wanted to spend it on something that I can use to, like, have more genuine relationship with you. Mm-hmm. So, And um, also answering the question that you posed <clears throat> about the different versions of Layla. Yeah. Uh, I can't get romantic enough to sing if my voice can't reach you. Uh, hence the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have to finish here on yeah. uh, speaking about people reaching each other. Yeah, and communicating clearly. Um, their intentions. Nana saying, "Hey, fake lawyer, what are you doing hiding in the dark?" <laughs> um, and it's about to be like, "Let's have a talk." <laughs> you put the cards on the table. I know what this means. Um. But yeah, Amelia forces it where um, one, yeah, sh- there's <laughs> showing up in a nightgown, I guess. Yeah. Is that the right term for this garment? Um, yeah, this seems to be a, night- a nightgown. Yeah, a nightgown with a leather jacket over it. Yeah. Which. Gotta admit, um, that's a pretty, it's a pretty strong, <laughs> strong combination. Yeah. Um, and then. Immediately in this this way that she's sort of operated in, and again, I have my there's this way I think that she like will jokingly play up her sexuality as a way of getting attention. Um and so sort of going into that mode of you wanna do it, um, why not? To you know, or you wanna do it to to Yasu, and Yasu says, Why not? <laughs> um, Which that's new. Yeah. Uh, and then says, just joking. Um, and Nana <laughs> says, well, I can't laugh it off because you're totally in love with me, right? Um, so, yeah, both of them, I think, kind of forcing this conversation. Yeah. Um, oh, even says here, I laid all my cards on the table. I thought I came up with that. He literally says it. <laughs> oh, no. That's funny because when you, when you said that, I was like in the process of saying... Of making reference to this scene and trying to quote the scene, but I couldn't remember the quote. And then you said the quote exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. He says, I laid all my cards on the table. I can't deny it anymore. Maybe I was too obvious. Um, Yeah. And we can see uh, a lot of the work being done with the drawings here uh, for Nana. Yeah. Uh, a lot uh, of em- emotion contained in these. Yeah. Um, and also this perhaps awareness of that she can't fully reciprocate this. Um, you know, we, we've seen the arc of, of the manga. She's never going to fully reciprocate this uh, in the way that, that Yasi wants. Um, but we still get this moment of, but Yasu in the two and a half years after Ren and I first broke up, it feels like my bond with you has gotten stronger than my bond with Ren. Even when I'm with Ren, I'm lonely inside. It's not like we're one anymore, like before. I don't know why my feelings for Ren haven't changed at all. Um, yeah, and that's where the train of thought it seems to end. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, it's... There's just still this, like, even with the admission uh, 
uh, from Yasu and the kind of mutual acknowledgement of the the feelings. Um, um, it's still just like can't move forward for some reason. There's yeah. this wall there, uh, and that's not that what that is isn't identified yet. Yeah. Um. We of course. Well, get, maybe it uh, is. I mean, I don't know why my feelings for Ren haven't changed at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that's part of it. Um. We get this brief bit of Hatu trying to come up with any other name other than uh Market or sorry, Sachiko. <laughs> Uh, but Takumi really thinks that Marcus I mean Sachiko is fine god damn it this is is a bit that nobody has context for this is a bit that nobody has context for except for like the few people on private twitter who saw me tweet about it after we had the conversation anyway this um, is like an easter egg that maybe one day we'll um, really dedicated listener will get the payoff of this um anyway uh, and then we finish with, um, you know, from the future, Nana, Hey, Hachi, the sky is sprinkled with stars. And tonight the sky is just so bright. Even now when I see something sparkling, it reminds me of Ren. Um, which I know there was something about, uh, was it, was it, uh, Shin's Shin? email. Yeah. Shin's yeah. email also talked about, um, seeing sparkling things and thinking of, of Rayra. Um, so that wraps it up. Yeah. Can't believe you got me with that that Easter egg. <laughs> but we're, we're not going to say any more about that. Yeah. We're gonna... I was holding on to it all episode. I know. Um... It was very calculated of you. <laughs> um, shall, shall we wrap things up? Yep. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, next time we will be reading chapters 37 through 41, AKA all of volume 11. Um, I don't think there's like any extra stuff with that one. Um, I know that, is this the one that's five chapters? Yeah, it's the five chapter one, but there's no like bonus chapter stuff, but it will be a little bit of a longer, uh, volume. Um, then we don't get long volumes until the Nobu and Takumi bonus stuff. Um, Anyway, uh, you can write in to ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. Um, and we will, you know, if it, if it's relevant to the moment, we will bring it up. Otherwise we will answer it when we get to the question bucket. Uh, but yeah, feel free to send in stuff ahead of time. Um, obviously we do a big call when we're getting close to the question bucket, but, um, we'll, we'll see how big that question bucket is. I don't know. Um, Got a long movie to. Oh, never mind. I'm talking about our New Year's special. Yeah, thing. we've already recorded that one. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this, you're too late to write in about. Well, if you want to write in about Barry Lyndon, feel free. We'll we'll get to it when we get to a question bucket. We'll do it. Yeah. Um, you can go to exportodd.io to support the network. They'll take you to the Patreon. Uh, there's a bunch of great podcasts on the network. Uh, you know. In addition to this one, uh, you and I also do Pondering Bhutan. Uh, that one, if you are even just a $1 patron, you get it a week early than the public feed. Uh, you basically usually get it the night we record it. There's a, a few instances where that's not the case. But most of the time, um, at this point, you are now editing it, Connor. Um, and 
yeah, I'm like doing cover art and episode description. You're editing it and then we upload it and then I go to bed. Um, so you will get that literally moments after we record it. If you become a patron, uh, if you like our moments where we're sort of goofing off either during the main episode or especially the post ED section, uh, I think you would especially enjoy pondering Bhutan. Um, and you recently got a little taste of it. Ho- hopefully people enjoyed that. You know, the, the yeah, one we put we, in this <laughs> What did we decide the flavor was? Um, banana sushi, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what we landed on. The first yeah. few, uh, the first few suggestions were not that appealing. Yeah. Um, you can also listen to me record sometimes similarly long episodes, but far more meandering and tangential. Uh, if you go to ornate stairwells, um, you can find that at exportodio slash ornate stairwells. If you want to listen to the free feed, although patrons get it a week early, um, that is me and my friend autumn. And, uh, for every episode we, you know, we're back to being able to talk about movies again. So we, we have a movie that we watch together. Um, and then we talk about it on the podcast. Uh, we also talk about any other movies that we watched, um, you know, in between recordings, uh, we also just talk about other stuff that we've been like reading or playing. Um, we, we have like other podcasts where some of that stuff comes up, but, um, it's usually in there somewhere. Um, so that's, that's a very fun podcast. I think energy is like very high in it. Uh, I think it's partially, it's just very easy when we're in person and, uh, tangenting constantly to, to just like constantly be joking. around. Um, but uh highly recommend that one if people haven't checked it out yet. Uh there's one that we did a, a while ago that was um Ghost in the Shell, uh the movie. We did like an ornate stairwells and uh ghost divers episode. Uh, we combined them. <laughs> so um just a suggestion for people. Um you can Probably also listen- one of the worst <laughs> movies of all time. No, no, not that ghost in the shell. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. I got mixed up. The yeah. the Hollywood ghost in the shell. Uh, that's one of the worst movies of all time. Yeah. No, the one yeah. that was a crossover with um, Ornate Stairwells was the, that's the, the original ghost in the shell. Yeah. Yeah. The good yeah, one. yeah. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, the My Hollywood ghost in the shell down. is really bad. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, the last podcast that I will promo is Around the Long Fire. Uh, if you go to abnormalmapping.com slash longfire, you'll find it. It's me and my friend M. Um, we read through classics, basically. Uh, we're currently doing the Nibelungen lead. We started with Icelandic sagas, and that'll probably continue to be a thing that we'll read sometimes, but uh, we've broadened the scope at this point. Um, and I would say we're, we talk about the reading for like 15 to at most 30 minutes, um, and then the rest of the, the episode, which is usually like an hour to an hour and a half on average um, is us just talking about other stuff. Sometimes mental health. Uh, M recently got an ADHD diagnosis. So we've been talking about that a little bit um, since we both are still kind of recent to the diagnosis. Um, we also talk about video games on there sometimes. Uh, I feel like it's the most that I'll talk about VTubers because M's the, the person who follows VTubers the most. So, um, yeah, it's fun. Check it out. 
Uh, you can follow the podcast at Ghost Divers Pod on Twitter or just at Ghost Divers on co-host. You can follow me at Fox Mom Nia on any social media platform, uh, but especially Twitter. That's the main one that I like tweet on and promo stuff on. Um, I'm very bad at you. I need to get back to like using some of the other ones for promo because we did sometimes get attention on like especially co-host, but whatever. Where can people find you, Connor? Y'all can find me at Rebelay on Twitter and co-host. Um, and that's it. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, uh, Nana is making for the band tonight? Uh, what's the saltiest, um, uh, beef jerky, beef jerky. Yeah. She's got the dehydrator and everything. Yeah. It's just a, Big ass plate of beef jerky. <laughs> um, I feel like that. I feel like that's just that's like too outside of. I feel like Nana extremely has like five recipes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I think that she's doing rice balls. She's doing the like um, onigiri. Um, and often when you do it, you'll like get your hands wet and put a little bit of salt on your hands to like help with like forming it and everything um Mm -hmm. and she definitely puts too much salt on her hands so the rice balls are also too salty perfect Um, also she's just like stuffing it with like bonito flakes that are all salty yeah that's a much better answer than beef jerky yeah but it could be we got there it could be beef jerky i don't think she would make it herself though i think she would just uh throw a package of beef jerky at them yeah (laughs) She would buy it. She would buy it. Take this baldy. <laughs> she would buy it from the store with her cigarettes. Yeah. Some good old Jack Links. <laughs> you need um, some protein, Nobu. And Shin. Yeah. Gotta. Yeah. All right. And Yasu. Yeah. Yasu, yeah. He, he could use some. If he's going to start punching people. <laughs> um, bye, everyone. See you next time. You walk into me, honey. I walk into you, baby. You don't know how to go on, but I know how to be there. You walk into me, honey. I walk into you, baby. You don't know how to go on, but I know how to be there. She cries.
record. Alright, time that is. We can do 907. Or, yeah, yeah. 907. On my side, that was actually perfectly simultaneous. Yeah. So, we know for sure that it wasn't. It wasn't actually simultaneous. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we know that it was a bad clap when it sounds perfect. Um, it'll probably be fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm not actually worried about it. I'm just yeah. joking. Okay, drink check. Um, yeah. You first. Uh, so I have some water. Um, as I mentioned, uh, sort of before, uh, we hit record. Um, my kid has a bit of a cough today, so we were like all wearing masks around the house. Um, seems to like mostly be fine. Um, but uh, like no fever or anything else yet and it's like just a cough doesn't have sore throat or any other symptoms um so we'll we'll like test for covid and stuff because it's a, a lot of people seem to be getting covid right now so i'm i'm hoping that you know we're not uh one of those those people but um i do have some verners just to like you know in case inoculate yourself yeah, to like inoculate myself. Uh, <laughs> true Michigander, gonna drink some Verners, cure all. Um, so yeah, water, Verners, um, and then I have like a little bit of wine, which is some wine that we have from from Thanksgiving. Um, but felt like slightly appropriate with all the like, um, you know, talks to to like get the the record going and all that. Mm -hmm. um, Verners is kind of funny to me because. I know enough about it now because of our friendship mm -hmm. that w well, with the information that I have, I just like, you made this connection for me. I, I know a lot of uh, like sodas or whatever start had origins as like elixir type drinks in you know, like the fifties or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I know Coke was like invented by, or I actually don't know this exact history, but it had some, some kind of like pharmaceutical presentation initially, or it was like made by a pharmacist or something. Um, and I feel like Verner's is the one of those where all the other ones, it just doesn't, it's like, Oh, it's just soda. Verner's is the one where I feel like, that vibe has still kind of survived. It's like carried through to modern day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Verner's just feels like even, even still like some druggists cure all elixir type thing that they would give you. That's just the vibe that I get. Yeah. And clearly that's how you use it. So you must agree with me. I mean, I do also just enjoy the taste of Verner's, but um, there is, a, if I'm feeling sick or like sickness is around me, I'm significantly more likely to have Verner's. Yeah. 
We're not saying it's actually medicine. Just disclaimer mm. here. Uh, <laughs> we're not sponsored by Verner's to that degree. But I will say, if you are sick and you have like a sore throat or like a cough or something like that, or even like a bit of like a stuffy nose because it's like so fizzy and intense when you like go to drink it. Um, it, it is a pleasant thing when you don't feel well. It, it does like make my throat feel better usually. And I don't yeah. think that's just placebo effects. I think it is like the bubbles and the like intent, like it's very, very bubbly. It's a like highly carbonated. I feel like compared to a lot of sodas. Um, and it's also the like intensity of the ginger flavor. Um, you know, well, yeah, and ginger probably, is probably actual, for- yeah, probably like actually drinking like a really strong ginger tea would be better, like from a, a medical standpoint. Um, but it's still nice. Mm-hmm. I, I still recommend it if you're sick, not because it's gonna like cure you. But because I think, especially if you have one of those illnesses where it's just like you kind of just have to let your body do it, like there's not like a bunch of medication that you can take that's actually going to be that useful other than like the medication that's going to help with your fever or whatever, or, like, you know, take Tylenol or whatever. Um, but if you have one of those, you know, it's a nice thing while you you just have to rest and recover to have some burners. Yeah. And I mean, it might cure you. We don't know. There's, it might there help been, with some symptoms. And yeah, I mean, it could cure disease. We're not. Uh, there's nothing proving that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> Verners, if you're listening, uh, we're open to uh, <laughs> just throw a little more money our way, and uh, we could definitely spin this a little bit harder for you. <laughs> it could it could cure disease. I mean, it could cure cancer. We- no one knows yeah. for sure. We we uh we like joke around a lot about sponsorships, and obviously, like the one that would be the most like if somebody was going to sponsor this podcast, I would expect it to be something that was like anime related, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, but uh, the sponsorships I would be the happiest to get would be <laughs> Verners and Square. <laughs> yeah, I would gladly. Well, okay. This is still kind of in a joking register because <laughs> I don't know how I would really feel about doing this, but uh, we could do like a ad pitch for Squirt in the middle of each episode. Yeah. Like five minute pitch. We oh, five minutes is long. I, I we would could do, do like five a minute. minutes. A minute would be, yeah. Yeah. We could do five minutes. Yeah. But if, if they paid us well enough, I would do a five minute pitch. Yeah, it depends on the it depends on the money. Yeah. Have to be really good. Have to be like in the triple digits for that. Yeah. Normally it's like 30 seconds to a minute. That's that's what I you know, for normal sponsorship. If you're listening, Verner's and or Squirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, we'll we'll send you our terms. Yeah. I know you didn't ask, but we're just gonna we'll we'll email them over. Just so you in case you uh realize that this is a great opportunity anyway uh so yeah you said water inverters and is that oh and then wine yeah a little bit of wine okay yeah that seems it's like a, a pinot grige <laughs> pinot grige people are wondering. yeah is that <laughs> the, is that uh, or like grease 
the the GRIS. I don't know how you actually. Oh, Pinot Gris. Gris, I think. Yeah. Um, I thought you were just like shortening Pinot Grigio to Pinot Grige. Yeah. Uh, that would have been some more internet slang that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. I feel like, um, I'm, I don't know for, for sure, but this might be an orange wine. Um, I'd have to ask Emily cause she's the one who got this one. I've never even we heard like of orange that. Wines. So an orange wine is, um, so normally red wine is made with like the grape itself, like the, you know, the meat of the grape, <laughs> the flesh of the grape, uh, uh-huh. And the skins are left on, and it like adds to that that color, With tannins and stuff. Um, I believe white wines usually do not have the skins on. It is not a skin contact wine. Um, that sounds but, a lot less fun. But for orange wines, it is a white wine with the skin contact. It has the skins are still on. So, okay. Um, so orange wine is a type of wine. That's made from white wine grapes and the grape skins are not removed. And so you get this like slightly darker um, because the skin has these like pigments and, and things in it. Um, oh, cool. How yeah, have you I get never this, like, seen more this? color? I feel like um, it's less like common or popular. So, yeah. Well, when I did a Google search on it, it just pops up like. Yeah, you idiot. It's orange wine, duh. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never even seen this in the grocery store or anything. Yeah. I don't and then think. I think like red wine versus rosé is like how long the contact is with the skin. Mm, okay. Red wine being like long contact, rosé being short contact. And then orange wine, like both long and short contact are considered orange wine. And you basically just can tell by like the color for the most part, I think. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, that's important information that I now have. Uh, so drink check for me. Um, I'm drinking water, of course. Uh, and then I had some tea. I already drank it. Um, but it was tea Kuan Yin, I think is the right pronunciation. Yeah. Tea Kuan Yin. Uh, oh, so you're, you're familiar? Yes. Um, this is a this is a, a classic tea. Um, so it's specifically called tea Guan Yin because it's the tea that you give to Guan Yin, the like Buddhist slash Taoist goddess of like mercy and compassion. Uh, well, yeah, that seems fitting. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> I try to. I try to, to uh, cultivate those traits in myself whenever I get a chance. So, uh, yeah, no wonder I like the tea. It was good. So I, I, guess, d- I drink it all already. I guess the, the tea, because it's like a different, I guess it means iron and not tea. I didn't, I'm looking this up. I didn't realize this. Um, what part of it means iron? Oh, tea, the, T-I. The, yeah. Yeah, oh. the T-I-E. Um, iron for Guan Yin. Yeah. Um, well, it does not. Yeah, no, it doesn't is, taste like that. It tastes like 
a, yeah. a fairly light. It's labeled as oolong, but I guess um, it is. It is an oolong. It is like a type of oolong. It's pretty light for an oolong. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I liked it. Even in color, it's like when I poured it out, I actually confused myself because I the color was so light. I was like, did I not steep this long enough? Um, but I did, and it's just a lighter. When I started drinking it, I I just realized like um, I think this is intentionally a little bit softer. Uh, but I I like that in a tea, so it was very good. Yeah. Um, water again, I already said that, but just making sure you don't, no one forgets. And, uh, I also have this beer, the Vlad Pilsner from fretboard brewing company, which I got Mm, at the, (laughs) at the very beginning. So now this is like months old. Uh, but as all of the beer in my fridge at any given time normally is, uh, but it either I just have to dump this stuff out or I have to drink it. So I think I'm still on the drinking side of the spectrum and I'm going to try to, to work through. This is one of the three, like ghost divers beers that I still have in my fridge where, wherein I like buy a six pack or something. And then I just don't drink it all. Uh, So this is the most recent of those. (laughs) And uh, I think I still have some of the psychopathy, which was for psychopaths. Yeah. We need need another uh, talk me heavy set of chapters, I think, to really bust that out. Not that he's not present in these, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, At some point... At some point, I'm just going to have to drink like three beers or something on on one of our recordings. The most um, I've ever guess, done is two. Yeah, I guess we're doing the New Year special next week. Yeah, the New Year special is going to be a that might be yeah. a clear out situation. Um, because it's a lot me, of we're gonna have a lot to talk about with yeah. Barry, Barry Lyndon and and everything uh, else. Well, I'm I'm looking this up because we're doing the ones uh, 33 through 36. Yeah. Uh, with Barry Lyndon and everything. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that could be a fridge clearer. Might just be completely bombed by the end of that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure nothing bad will happen if I do that. Uh, all right. Well, this has been a fairly comprehensive drink check i would say we hit all the yeah. main all of the, the main topics so we talked about tea varieties um wine varieties well, really yeah. yeah sponsorship upcoming episodes of ghost divers the whole yeah. the whole gamut yeah um i had the moment where i was looking to see when this episode comes out in relation to the new year special. I think the new year special is uh, this time we are doing it three weeks ahead of time. So um, yeah, it's going to line up. It's going to line up. Perfect. So nice. Double um, dose of ghost divers. For once, the new year special is not going to be out of time with the other episodes that we've recorded. 
Perfect. I don't think it's ever happened before. Yeah, we're, we're getting better. We're mastering time. Yeah. And scheduling. Um, we do have less of an extreme turnaround on our... Um, or, like, lengthy turnaround on our main episodes. So Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, if you're listening to this uh, around the time that it has been released, go listen to the New Year special <clears throat> immediately afterwards. Just get... Yeah. What I presume will be well, six hours of podcast. If you're listening just, to this when it came out, you still have a week until the New Year special, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, then wait a week and, <laughs> and then listen to the New Year special. Look forward to it. Exactly. We're going to talk about Barry Lyndon. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, Should we get to the main episode? Let's do it. <laughs> 